bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 14. And man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already, and the great positive feedback from these have truly been humbling. If you have not yet checked out any of the past episodes, do yourselves a favor and check them out after this one which is now available everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Pandora, Listen Notes, and pretty much anywhere else you find uh, your podcast or get your podcast, you can find it. It is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside of the local community, their support in the sport of motocross, and we are a part uh, of an awesome sport, and I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in to this week's episode here on the Imperative MX Podcast for another episode. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing, all the way to professional and everything in between. With that, there are a good amount of talking points to chat about with it within this episode. First, we will get into some local motocross racing around the area with races and events coming up. Then we, we, then we will have a call-in from the up-and-coming amateur racer from the North Carolina area, Noah Stevens and talk with him about his brand new team for 2023 with the EBR Performance Yamaha team, his successful 2022 year, looking forward to 2023 and more from Noah coming up here soon. After that, we will have a call in from the 250 Supercross East uh, rider, another local North Carolina native, Luke Neese, about his first main event of the year in Houston this past weekend changes coming into the 2023 Supercross season and much more from both guests coming up here in just a little bit. We will also be picking out the winner of the brand new set of Mika Metal handlebars in this episode. And finally, we will discuss the racing action from the weekend in Houston for Monster Energy AMA Supercross and round number seven of the AMA Arena Cross from Nevada. And of course, you guys know there's going to be so much more that we get into here on episode number 14 of the Imperative MX podcast. Make sure to check us out by searching Imperative MX on Instagram, Facebook, and our popular TikTok channel if you have not already done so. Instagram today, we just hit 3,000, which is honestly unbelievable. Facebook grinding up there as well, and uh, TikTok channel just hit 28K. So, uh, all the social medias are doing absolutely phenomenal, and we have to say thank you, uh, the listeners, for supporting us and, and helping us grow on all of the social media pr- platforms. Before we go any further, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board here on the Imperative MX podcast. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, and Mika Metals. 
Don't forget to check out Imperative MX when you get a chance. A ton of new things in the works, and some of those are already live up on the site. And uh, to make it easy for you guys, all of the sponsor logos are in the banner at the top. Click those uh, logos, and it will bring you directly to the company's website. Uh, purchase your products directly from the link on the website. Uh, it's quick and easy for you guys, like I said. And I will be doing more updates, reads, galleries, and so much more here in 2023. So be on the lookout for uh, much more coming on the uh, on imperativemx.com. Uh, we will get more into each of the awesome companies behind us here in just a bit and throughout uh, this podcast, episode number 14 of the Imperative MX podcast. And make sure to support the ones that support the sport, like these companies helping us out with this podcast to bring you these episodes uh, weekly. Helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast, your District 29 2011 C-Class champion, co-host Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? What's up, dog? Oh, man, just another day and uh, another podcast, man. Time to get into some moto. Great, uh, uh, the best day of the week. Heck yeah, Taco Tuesday. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, we're getting them done on Tuesdays now. You almost forgot. Oh, dude, I come in from work, and my my, my lady had a tremendously, like, expedition. I don't know how to say the word. The meal was just prompt. It was beautiful. I'm talking about it was tremendous. And I just had to get, oh, dude, it was slapping. I'm talking about it was unreal. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, we're trying to get these uh, done now on Tuesdays. And Heavy D kind of forgot. But, hey, it's all good. We're here. And, uh, man, we have some great guests lined up. Uh, Noah Stevens, he got a brand-new ride. And uh, uh, Luke Neese. Uh coming off of uh, his 20th place this past weekend in uh, Houston. So, yeah, no, we have some great guests lined up for uh, for tonight's uh, podcast. Oh, dude, yeah, I'm stoked on it, man. It's like, it's it, especially from all the support from everybody, like through social media and everybody listening in, dude, it's so awesome. And, and getting more and more guys, even local guys, and like just helping them try and get notoriety and, and shining more light on them, especially for the guys that's – you know, like Luke Neese and uh, Noah Stevens that's moving on up in the sport and, you know, getting people to listen in and uh, hear them chat it up. So it, it, it's sweet, dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, speaking on the local side of it, local North Carolina natives, both Noah Stevens and uh, Luke Neese, uh, let's speak about uh, local motocross racing and some uh, schedules coming up. I talked to Mike Farr today and also Alex Dawson. Uh, from uh, District 13, Alex, and uh, Mike Farr with the NCMX. Um, first, we'll talk about the NCMX, the Ridge MX, uh, formerly known, as as you guys know, the Devil's Ridge in uh, Sanford, North Carolina, is open for practice this weekend, weather permitting. Uh, so make sure to check the social medias for updates throughout the week. Um, man, the Ridge MX, Heavy T, I mean, that's, that's some... <laughs> That is a uh, track that you don't want to miss out on for sure. Oh no, dude! It's, it's what's so sweet about it is, you know, the, the whole thing about it, like the NCMX series, man. It's like they all want to be involved, you know, and they try to help as much as possible. And what I think is sweet is, like, I'm not sure who owns like the Ridge, but for them to let you know Mark Chaz and you know Jed Dry and the whole Krusty crew come in and mm -hmm. like revamp the track and you know do their thing it just goes to show how much they're like 
how far they're willing to go, you know, to help, you know, cater to the racer, you know, yep. it's a series of races, a series ran by racers, you yep. know, yep. and ultimately that to me, that that's a big thing, you know, they, it, it, for me, you can't beat somebody that races and goes out there and they can see what's wrong or what needs to be changed or, you know, what could be better. You know what I mean? Like that's, yep. To me, that's awesome. So yeah, no. So make sure to check out uh, the Ridge MX if uh, if you guys are not uh, riding anywhere else this weekend, weather permitting, of course. So make sure to check out the social medias for uh, for updates throughout the week on that to make sure that they are all good to go. Uh, the Winter Series race at Dreamville next weekend, February eighteenth through the nineteenth. So uh, you guys do not want to miss out on uh, on that. And also, uh, Mike, let the me Ville, know that right? yeah, the Ville. Uh, and then also, uh, Mike, let me know that there is big vet class news coming in the next week or two. And, you know, me with a vet card, I got I got a little excited for that. So uh, we got some big things in the work coming from the NCMX uh, crew. Heavy D. Oh, yeah, man. It's it's going to be sweet. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's been big news consistently, you know, and they've been – how can I put it? I'm, my, my vocabulary is all jacked up. That meal's got <laughs> day right now. <laughs> I it got, got, it got you in the nap mood. Hey, that that that, that meal done got me like my feet. I'm on the couch right now. My feet kicked Laid up. up. And I can't, <laughs> hey, my equilibrium is all off right now. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, no, uh, it's good for because uh, you know it's a little bit of an off season. You know, we had some yeah, uh, indoor races, of course, and uh, the winter series. Uh, races that have been going on but yeah uh before we know it uh the you know the loretta lynn qualifiers uh the first one really is at the end of the month south of the border the first area qualifier uh i believe on the east coast but don't quote me on that but man they're they're coming fast so um make sure to get your gate drops and practice any anytime you can for sure absolutely man that's you know they're working around the clock to make sure the series is going to be you know, top notch for everybody. So you can't really beat that. And I mean, they, they, they're going the extra mile. I, I really dig it a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, um, Alex Dawson, district 13 MX. Uh, if you're looking to help or support the series in any way, make sure to contact Alex. I talked to him today, um, for further details. Um, there's always, uh, help that is needed within these series, uh, whether it be NCMX or, uh, District 13. So if uh, yourself or company or uh, whatever the case may be wants to help within the series for, um, you know, anything, just fi- financial support to help run events, um, that would be great. And uh, contact Alex Dawson for that. Uh, but there are also big things in the work uh, that will be coming out in the next couple of weeks before the season opener at Birch Creek uh, at the beginning of March. So uh, be on the lookout and also check uh, the social media accounts for District 13 MX as well. And, yeah, every time I talk to Alex Dawson, man, it, just, it, it makes me want to go uh, to these District 13s because I really like the direction that uh, that it's going. And uh, things will start, uh, I believe, in 2024 will look really, really good since this is Alex's first year, you know, as the, uh, as the owner and president of the series. So it's going to take him a full year to, you know, get used to everything, how everything's ran, what people want opinions you know that sort of thing so um but this year uh i believe that it's still going to be good we're going to a lot of good racetracks um you know within the virginia maryland 
and uh, that general area. So, uh, yeah, make sure to go uh, to some of these uh, District 13 races this year. I know that I'll be uh, actually on my schedule. I believe I have the first one at Birch Creek that I will be going to uh, because I believe i got to go to Birch for an area as well, Heavy D. So, uh, no, good things coming out of District 13 and Mex, especially in here in my neck of the, the neck of the woods here in Virginia. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think you know it, it's cool, Alex. He's he's investing in it, you know, and you, that, that's the thing. And, and I'm not trying to discredit Ron by any means. He's got a lot on his plate, right? And that's, I mean, that's that's a big task within itself to take on is, you know, organizing and running and you know making sure a whole series is going on on top of someone having their own track. So I think for Alex, it's, it's something he can, like, really, really focus on. You know, he, he doesn't have a, a track, although he does have kids. So, yep. of course, that, that's a lot. Trust me, that that's a lot within itself. But, yep. Yeah, no, you know, his his daughter races, so he he knows. Um, oh yeah, you know all of the all of the ins and outs, especially with uh, Ryan being a very good friend of his, and Alex always wanting to help. And uh, I mean, every single time I'm at Sugar Tree, I mean he's he's there helping in some way, shape, or form, either it be on the track picking up stuff or uh, helping in the office. So um, oh yeah, so I mean that's, he's a good and, dude, and and that's good. You know, Ryan is still able to help him, like. You know that Alex can go to him if he like really needs something. You know that that's it, it's good that he's still working with him. You know, absolutely, and yeah. it, it's good for the series. You know, I think um, especially with Ryan's track still being in it, I think it helps take a lot of pressure off Ryan as well. He could focus, you know, on, on the races and um, and Lake Sugar Tree because I mean the facility there is awesome. So yeah, it's a lot to deal with. Yeah, and so so I think. It was good, especially with them having the relationship they have and them working together previously. And now it's like Ryan's like he hands those reins over to Alex and like, all right, like you can you can take it and run with it. Like you know what to do. You you have the ability to you know give this series and the district the attention it truly needs. Yeah, and I think he's got the drive for it too. And I think that that's a that's a big thing. And you know, wake up every morning and want to you know make a make a change and make a difference and, you know, try to help out the local motocross community. And that's, uh, that's what Alex is all about. And each time I talk to him, you know, that's what, uh, you know, he repeats that over and over because he wants to see it grow just like it was, uh, you know, back in our early days. So, um, and you know, uh, to keep this sport growing, the manufacturers got to sell motorcycles and that's us, the consumers. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good, and I can't believe that you know the qualifiers are right around the corner. And uh, in March for me, I won't be going to the south of the border area qualifier. But for me, the first one is in March, um, and then I think I have another one in May. And then obviously, I got the regionals in June. So I'm gonna get hit pretty hard here, Heavy D. I'm gonna have to uh, start riding my dirt bike a little bit. I haven't, oh, I haven't rode it in probably about a month and a half. So it's it's grind time. I don't know, man. It's just I should I just stick to the the you know the famous uh, Zach Newberry just off the couch. Should I just stick to that, or do you think you know we should get a Planet Fitness uh, membership and kind of dig deep? It's I honestly, dude. It's I think I mean coming off the couch and keeping it fun. That. To me, that that's the best thing, but yeah. it, it also depends mindset. Yeah. It's like the the mindset of when you get out there and race, and it's like, can you if you're tired, be like, all right, I ain't like 
this is for fun, you know. Yeah. If I'm if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. But if it's like one of those, you come off the couch and you're trying to push yourself to get through. Yeah. Then th- that's a different story. But if it's just like you know, it's for fun, dude. Just go have fun. Yep. And that's what it's all about. And actually, speaking of uh, racing and uh, Loretta Lens, let's get Noah Stevens here on the line. But before we get uh, Noah Stevens here on the line, West Virginia Motorsports. If you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, UTV, ATV, whatever the case may be, make sure to stop by Princeton, West Virginia. Don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or alongside walking out the front door with that brand new ride. And don't don't forget those oil filters and air filters and don't catch them on fire like Heavy D once did. Oh, don't don't do that. That's trust me. This it will stick with you for life. Absolutely. And uh on the line right now we have your two thousand and twenty two uh Minios two fifty B limited outdoor uh national champion, Noah Stevens. What's going on, Noah? Appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, man, no problem. And uh man, uh some news broke. Uh, that you are now a part of the EBR Performance Yamaha team uh, going into 2023 in the season. Tell me, uh, tell me about that. Uh, what kind of, um, what kind of happened, and what, um, what steps did you take to make uh, to get on that team? Uh, so, I'm a little bit old. To start out with the ride of 125, but I did that just kind of keep the cost down this year, and was going to try to dominate with feel like I did pretty well not as well as I wanted to but ended up with two seconds at Loretta's and then after that I wasn't really sure what I was going to do as far as 250s went and uh went down and I bought Caden Braswell's bikes after he moved to Phoenix and then did a combine race at Ironman and then a few local races and then started um working with Cal at the Vince compound for a couple weeks, probably three or four weeks, and uh, trying to get some championships at Minios to get my name up there. And then two weeks leading up to Minios, I came down to MTF, and that was really good. A battle with some faster riders, and then went to Minios. Uh, really won two championships, but Supercross deal, uh, that's a long story, but um, then after Minios, Josh reached out to me, or we've, we've talked before with Josh with DVR, uh-huh. and um, we made it happen this time, and I'm stoked to be on board and look forward to a good year. Yeah, no kidding, and uh, yeah, you know, backing up a little bit, going into... Um Going into Loretta's, uh, I wrote a little uh, column after uh, Loretta's. You were one of my standouts coming out of Loretta's because you really made a big stride and a big step uh, in 2022, especially with your results at at Loretta's and getting two second places. And then, yeah, of course, you got that one uh, victory taken away at Minio's. But still, 2022 was a a great year for you. you feel like you you definitely got your name out there. How did you feel overall? Was that was that kind of a goal for you? Uh, you know, getting uh, you know some championships and getting your name out there. 
Yeah, that was definitely a goal. I've always been or been kind of a fourth to seventh place guy, I guess, and or I wouldn't say that, I guess, more just third to fifth, and I don't know, just felt like I wasn't really getting my name out there, so that's kind of why I stayed down on 125 and then uh, ran some limited classes just to kind of help get my name out there and I guess get exposure. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the Imperative MX Podcast episode number 14, speaking with the new EBR performance Yamaha rider, Noah Stevens. Heavy D? Uh, here's what baffles me. Like, Okay, first to start off, what's funny is I've seen you around so much and did not even know you were from North Carolina. For some reason, I thought you were from Georgia. I do not know why. (laughs) I literally thought you were from Georgia. But what got me was, like, okay, you went to Loretta's and got two two seconds. Yeah. How, to me, how does nobody, like, see that? Like, how does it take all the way until after videos? just for you to get a deal. Yeah. Um, so after many of last year, I actually talked to Josh with EBR and he was interested then. And that definitely meant something cause he kind of, he was interested in me, interested in me before I even had the really good results at Loretta. So that definitely meant something. And then, uh, we just weren't able to make a deal happen last year, but we were this year, and I'm really glad it all worked out. Yeah. And yeah. You know what's crazy, too, is uh, – sorry, Heavy D, but I just wanted to – No, 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 you can. I just wanted to pop in. Uh, you know, no, I saw you at Moto Vroom, and uh, that was, I think, one of the very first times I ever saw you ride. I may have seen you, uh, you know, at other tracks and stuff, but this is kind of where, you know, I was on the track taking photos, so I got to see you ride a lot. Uh, within those three days or four days or whatever the case may be. And, uh, yeah, man, you were definitely um, flying and uh, and definitely was ready. And it was crazy to see uh, that you guys came out the week before uh, Loretta's. And they're going to be doing that again this year. Did you think that that, that helped you uh, going to Sugar Tree just to get those extra gate drops before uh, the big Loretta's race? Yeah, it definitely did. I always... Um would say not necessarily but I sort of at like spring nationals and stuff the early races say Daytona's before uh, both the Texas nationals it's the first heat races I guess I'm normally a little bit like just not quite up to pace and then after I get a few gate drops out of the way I get going so I think getting those gate drops in before Loretta's definitely helped um, which it's definitely did because i went to loretta's and pulled all three hole shots in schoolboy one so that's awesome yeah that was sick yeah that 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 was sick i've seen that it's so it's crazy because like you know kyle over at trp like he's one of my real good buddies and we talk moto a lot like we go way back you know kyle's helped me out um when i was mechanicing a lot and taught me a lot about building engines and stuff back when he was at bars competition but um I know, like, when you work with them and we talked, and I've always seen you at a lot of races. Like, you race a ton, like, beyond a lot. Like, because yeah. you was – I remember you was at Verb Classic because you was killing it there. Because I remember, like, you, Logan, and – God, what's the other guy on the tally's name? I can't think of his name. Uh, Brock Walker. 
yeah, there you go, Brock Walker. You're like, y'all were going at it at Verb Classic. It was sick. And then, like, after that, of course, you doing it at Minios. Um, so, for me personally, like, now, because you're MTF now, right? Yes, that's correct. I just got just got back down here. I had a little off-season injury, but I just got back down here, and we got on the Yamahas and started to get comfortable on those, and I'm super stoked to be down here. Now, do you feel like – I mean, now – I mean, of course, anytime's a good time. Do you feel like now is the time that, like, you should have been there, or do you feel like you probably should have went there before? Uh, yeah, I definitely – Normally, after Minios, our plan was to kind of take two weeks after Minios, kind of chill out, get everything sorted. And then after that, I was planning on riding some uh, Supercross just to kind of get some of that under my belt. But then I got <clears throat> breaking my collarbone, and so that kind of put a hold to things. But definitely would have been – back on the bike a whole lot sooner but just this is what the injury allowed so <laughs> were, were you um were you planning on doing any uh any futures or are we waiting for next year so i was kind of thinking about doing some this year mm-hmm. um before the injury right. if i was able to um super cross under my belt but now that i didn't get to do that i think we're gonna end up holding out till next year when i'm I know it's AB, but I'd like to, I guess, race it more just my A year. Yeah, yeah, no, understandable. But, yeah, if you would have had, uh, if you didn't have the injury with the collarbone um, and at least could have got maybe one or two of the gate drops, even even if you didn't place very well or, you know, whatever, at least you got to experience it um, and, you know, you kind of get yourself ready for uh, 2024. Um, but... With before train we before going down uh, or going up I should say from you uh, going to Loretta's um, Matt Walker's uh, property ended up shutting down uh, afterwards um, and now you're at MTF like Heavy D uh, was speaking on and I know that Matt Walker and yourself worked uh, very hard and obviously it showed uh, at Loretta's um, speak on that a little bit your time with uh, Matt Walker and uh, the Moto X compound. Uh, yeah, so I. I've literally been working with Matt since I was on 50s. There's always been that connection there. And then um, I went to his place. I mean, I really always did like weekend camps and stuff on 50s and 65s and stuff. And then I believe it was 2015. I went there on 85s before Loretta's just for like a month or so. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, uh, ended up going to Club MX just off and on for like two years just because it was closer to home and it kind of worked better mm-hmm. as far as getting back and forth and my dad being able to like come down and help do some bike work and everything. But then once I got older and kind of doing my own bike work, I was able to get back down to Moto X uh, two weeks before Daytona and 21 and really like that. Um, the tracks were super good and definitely had multiple options. There was always always a place to ride, and I feel like I definitely took that a little bit for granted um, now that it's gone. But right. it was 
it was a good time. I'm really thankful for everything that did for me. And like you said, it definitely showed at Loretta's that our hard work paid off. Yeah, no kidding. And I mean, when you were on the uh, podium each time, it's like, man, he, you know, he's he's got the endurance and definitely, um, you know, Moto X Compound and Matt Walker definitely um, helped you out with that. Heavy D? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, so so not like, you, you're back riding now, correct? Yeah, correct. Uh, so, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just going to say I just got back on the – or just got on Yamaha's this week. Uh, it was my first day on the on the new bike and definitely like the little bit of getting used to, completely different chassis and everything, but I'm liking it so far. So I know, like, for me, I, I've always – EBRs, I've seen them a lot, and – I, I personally feel like it's like that team has slept on big time. Um, I know it's a big change, but do you like like that bike a lot more compared to the KTM? Not trying to discredit KTM by any means, but do you like it a lot more compared to your KTM? Yeah, um, I definitely like the way they corner. It that's the first or the biggest thing I noticed for the Yamaha is I don't really know what to explain on what it does differently but i just know it feels a lot better in the corners and yeah it's just i got we got some like i said it's today was my second day on the bike so gotta do some fine tuning but for just hopping right on the bike i'm super satisfied with how the bike feels that's that's awesome because i know for me i i think you're from a bigger dude, like when, when I rode, and a lot of people don't realize it. But say, especially if you're aggressive, but I think the reason is a bigger adjustment in the di- the difference between the the bikes, especially from a steel frame and aluminum frame. And I, and I, I'm like a, a stick loner. I like preach this, but a, people don't realize a steel frame, especially KTM, they flex when you corner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, uh, like, you realize that, but that, I think, that, like, that's a big difference. Like, the Yamaha, it, I liked them because they cornered so good because it was so rigid. It didn't really it, – it settled, but it, it settled to a certain point, and it stayed planted to a corner good to whereas, like, a KTM, when I would ride it, being a bigger dude, me being 300 pounds, when I rode one, even when I was, like, 250, it would flex so much, it just didn't settle in a corner good for me. Yeah. So. Another big thing I notice is I'm super short, so I I never really knew this until just recently. But the I'm, or I assume this is right. What I was told was the peg like peg to seat height on the Yamaha is the shortest out of any bike, and I definitely feel that because on like the KTM Gas Gas, it was like whenever I was gripping the bike, it was more like, I don't know. It was kind of tough because it was like above my knees. And then now on the Yamaha where I'm shorter, it's more like my knees are actually kind of at the seat. So it's Mm -hmm. easier to grip. And the Yamaha is kind of look wider, but honestly, when I'm riding it, I think that kind of just like the, as far as the pegs being, a little bit higher and then the bike being a little bit wider i just feel like i'm able to grip the bike a lot better 
Yeah, you could like you could feel it. You could feel the bike a lot more up under you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, and uh, the I had a 2020 uh, Yamaha 450, and uh, that was one of the first things that I noticed was that it turned really well, but um, it it had a a lot of torque, and for me, you know, almost at 30. Which, uh, by the way, I'll be seeing you at one of the regionals, I'm sure, because uh, you'll be doing the south, uh, south and north. I want to say, just in case, northeast. Uh, yeah, I I'd have to check. I'm not 100 percent sure. I okay. know. Um, well, I was gonna say the normally all three east regionals are different weekends. Yeah. As far as like, I think my whole racing career has always been three different weekends. So it was like you really had three chances. But I think this was the first year that I'm aware of that it was, there's two of the east regionals are on the same weekend. I'm not sure which one that is i can't remember if it's a i think the first one's south and i can't remember if it's the mid-east or northeast the same weekend that but um with ebr being based out of texas i've also thought about heading out and doing the uh south central one there yeah um i have it written down here uh gatorback uh the qualifier uh is um the third of June, and then the next weekend is Buds for the regionals. Yeah, I, I can't remember where the other East one is, but yeah, um, yeah I definitely gotta sit down and get a definite schedule. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll be doing, or at least trying to go in uh, thirty plus. So either I'll be a media guy at Loretta's, or I'll be a uh, racer and media guy <laughs> at Loretta's. So I'm sure I'll see you at at, at some point. Um, but uh, before we let you uh, let you go, and thanks for uh, taking your time to come on here, uh, the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number fourteen, speaking with Noah Stevens. Uh, what are your goals for 2023? What would you like to uh, accomplish at the uh, at the end of the year? Like if you're looking forward. Uh, to the end of the year and you're looking back on the year, what kind of would make you happy? Um, I would I would like to say my big things definitely get just more championships. I had a lot of second and thirds this past year, but I'm just I mean, that's improvements, but I'm not satisfied with it. I definitely I wanna win in twenty three. Good deal. And uh are you stay are you gonna be at Millsaps twenty four seven or are you gonna be uh, in Texas. Uh, yeah, I'll be at Millsaps for most of the time. Okay. I'll go out to, um, well, I'm not 100% sure. I I think we might do both. I'm going to, well, I'll be going out to Texas some to test the race bikes yeah, and yeah. stuff. And then um, there's also three other riders that are riding for EBR here at MTF. And I think we down the road we might get something lined up to get them out here so since we're all here pretty much yeah because i was i was just about to ask because i think uh you have now teammates as well at mtf training as well right yeah correct i have three i got uh landon and adler on the 125s and then uh mitch zaremba yep. is on the uh in the a class yeah yeah, no. Mitchell had a good uh, had a good 2022 year as well, especially at uh, 
at Minio. So, no, that's really good, and it looks really good for you heading, uh, you know, into this uh, 2023 race season. And, uh, man, I'm sure we'll be talking before then. I'll see you at some races. I know you'll be doing some local uh, races at some point, correct? Yeah, correct. I'll definitely be up. When I got to hit the area qualifiers and stuff, I try to hit all the ones close to home so I can stop back home and see everybody and just kind of grab a few things at the house and whatever I need before I get back to MTF. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, if you're ever going through Virginia and ever need uh, somewhere to stay or something like that, you you uh, you hit me up. And uh, like I said, thanks a lot for coming uh, on here to the Imperative MX podcast, and good luck to you uh, this coming race season, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I have the chance to. Yeah, man. No problem. Have a good night. You too. All right, man. Bye. All right. See ya. Good catching up with Noah Stevens with that brand new uh, EBR Performance Yamaha uh, racing team ride. Uh, Heavy D. It's uh, awesome to see for Noah that he finally got picked up by a uh, by a good squad heading into 2023. And from hearing what he was saying, it seems like he's really, really uh, focused on uh, this racing season and bringing home some championships. Oh yeah, man. You know he's he's hungry, man. He really wants it, and you can tell. And, you know, he's there. He's back at MTF, putting in work, and, and I'm excited for him, man. You know, he, he he deserves it. Like 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 I said, you know, earlier when we were speaking, it, it's crazy. You go to Loretta's and get two seconds. He he may not have won because he pulled every whole shot in Schoolboy One, and he got two seconds. And I mean, I'm glad EBR got him. By all means, that's that's awesome for them. They got a solid, solid right uh, guy on the team. But yeah. it's crazy, it's like nobody else even. And I could be wrong; they probably did. But it's like, come on, like they, he got two seconds, even if he didn't win. Like we still, talked like, about yeah. it. We talked about it in some of the very first episodes. You know, one, two, three, four. I'm sure that we talked about Noah Stevens. I saw him at Lake Sugar Tree for the. Halloween bash. He was there at the Supercross, you know, just to just to hang out and have a good time. And yeah, he was at Moto Vroom. He was at Verb Classic. I mean, the kid is a racer. That is, yeah, for sure. he's a racer, dude. Yep. And we, I mean, and, you know, we talk about it all the time. That helps uh, guys that want to do that. And I think um, with him and on this program, uh, it, like I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's a B level squad. But, you know, like you got TLD and you got KTM and you got all of these other ones that have a amateur support program, right? But this one, he's able to kind of do what he wants, train where he wants to, and still do what Noah wants to do to still bring home uh, championships just like he did in 2022 on his complete own. So, Oh, ab- absolutely, man. You know, he's he's racing. He's, devel- he's getting a race craft. You know, he's... He's out there. He's putting in the work to be a racer. You know, anybody can go out there and practice and be the fastest practicer. And you got guys that all they do is train for that. And some of them do good. I mean, that they get up there. But for him, I feel like it's awesome. You know, well, like I said earlier, like speaking with Kyle from TRP, that's my buddy. And, you know, shout out to him for getting us hooked up with Noah as well. Talk to talk to him for this. But it's, it's that race crap. Me and you talk about it all the time. He, like you say, he was at the Halloween bash. He's anywhere he can getting these gate drops to stay on top of the game. And it, it helped. You know, he, he got the seconds at Loretta's. 
and he got the championship. Should have been two, apparently. Uh, well, should have been two at Minio's, but the whole ordeal in Supercross, but still, he's after putting in work. Absolutely, yeah, he is, and I think uh, I think Noah Stevens has a uh, has an infant uh, fan uh, coming from the other side of the line. There, uh, does she have anything to say uh, regarding Noah Stevens, Heavy D? Oh yeah, she's all about Noah. She she's sitting here and she was like, hey hey hey, don't you don't you go don't you go away from the Noah conversation just yet. She was like, he's a hard worker, and that's gonna be my favorite racer. So, little Harlow was all about Noah Stevens. So he he's got his first little young fan over here. She's gonna be ripping the number ninety seven uh, when he when he gets some more titles this season. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Matt might even have to, since we're bringing Nora the German Shepherd to some races, may even have to get a uh, Noah Stevens amateur jersey. You know what I'm saying? Oh like, yeah, I know, like it. I you know, like get him it. to sign it. You know, all kinds of stuff. But no, air horns and you know anything, chainsaws. You know, just everything out out there on the track. But no, it's uh, it's awesome to see. And uh, yeah, you were even saying that you didn't know he was from North Carolina. You know what's crazy is that I knew. Uh, he was from North Carolina before um, I actually even saw him uh, race and knew that he was uh, at Moto X Compound and all of that. And honestly, thinking about it right now, I have no idea why or how um, because I don't because I was out of the scene for a couple of years, you know. And uh, and yeah, I came into it and maybe I heard it from somebody, um, you know, that I'm around and go to the races with. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's awesome to see another uh, local. North Carolina native that is uh, getting their name out there in the sport of uh, motocross heavy D. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's awesome. You know, he was he was here. You know, he was training over at Daxis yep. um, with Kyle. Um, and Kyle, he was the one, I don't know if it was you or him that told me he was from North Carolina. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's pretty insane. Like, hey. The East Coast, they, 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 they pulled them out left and right. So, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And speaking of another North Carolina native, we're going to go ahead and get the 250 Supercross East rider, Luke Neese, here on the phone. Before we uh, chat here with Luke Neese, Hydropower. Hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist to help you eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance so you could ride safer and faster. Make sure to check out drinkhydropower.com to get your blue raz today. And if uh, anybody can testify on the uh, power of hydropower, uh, it's Heavy D uh, from my uh, performance at Silver Valley, huh, Heavy D? Oh, absolutely. He was getting extra aggressive. He really felt the mojo, I must say. Absolutely. And it was the help of that uh, hydropower. And uh, make sure to check the link in the description of this podcast or the... Uh, banner on top of imperativemx.com for 10% off of your purchase of any hydropower product and right now on the line we have the local North Carolina zone Luke Neese how's it going Luke thanks for coming on yeah thank you for having me man it's going really well actually good man and and uh you know speaking of uh good like what a great weekend for you in uh at houston for the first round of the 250 supercross east series uh with the 20th place you qualified 15 uh 15th made the main without having to go into the disastrous uh lcq and uh you're doing this whole supercross season privateer uh in the past you've been on teams but this year for you it's solo what's what's that been like for you leading up to this past weekend and how was the weekend for you i, I know you were pretty stoked about it on uh instagram so uh take us from your point of view 
Yeah. Um, so the, the weekend went okay. Um, I, I was happy to, to make the main and everything. And um, the main event result definitely wasn't what I was hoping for. Um, I, I struggled really bad with arm pump, actually. Um, so it wasn't the greatest, but it was my best opening uh, round um, that I've ever had. So, um, yeah, that was, that was really good for me. Um, and then as far as the, the privateer and doing it on my own, um, after last year and stuff, it was a little bit chaotic and I, uh, me and my dad, we kind of sat down after last year and kind of had a talk and stuff and decided to go full privateer this year. Um, and strictly do it all on my own. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I got some really, really good sponsors on board and I kind of had some that kind of just fell in my lap, honestly. Um, and, uh, yeah, and kind of went from there and it's been really good. So it's a good start to the season. So, yeah, no kidding. And, uh, you know, even though that you didn't have the play or the result that you wanted in the main event, it was still good, you know, privateer effort doing it all on your own, you know, emails, phone calls, all of this stuff to make it work and, and all of the uh, logistics behind just making the privateer effort even work. Uh, and then on top of that, doing it all on your own and, and you know, making the, the main event and uh, all of that is still uh, good. And last year you had the same 2022 uh, Honda CRF uh, 250 uh, but what's been the difference from last year's uh, bike when uh, I think you were you were on SGB last year, correct? And then uh, now yeah. this year, obviously, uh, full privateer. So uh, I- I'm guessing you just wanted to kind of call your own shots with the bike. Is that is that kind of what it came down to? Yeah, so uh, I've been on uh, teams the last three years, and uh, the a lot of times with the little smaller teams and stuff, you can't really – decide what you want to use and stuff um it's kind of just what the teams want you to use and that's how they make money and it's, i completely understand all that and right um it's, it kind of sucks for the rider sometimes um yeah you can make good money but it's also like you got to be comfortable with your motorcycle and that's kind of where i wanted to to do it on my own really was just to i wanted to run my own stuff what i wanted to run what i know is good um and get away from the uh, some of the little smaller companies like that um and and run what i know that is good um so it's just this year i i I went back to kind of my my stomping grounds a little bit i uh, started using total control suspension again um i went to dean baker engines and I, I went back to Dunlop tires and just went to really good stuff and stuff that's reliable. Um, and it, it's been a huge improvement. <laughs> yeah. And, Honestly, stuff, and, so. and, you know, uh, that's some of the stuff that your dad used, uh, you know, back in the day. And your dad, Jim Neese, obviously a great uh, racer and a local legend in his uh, in his own right. And uh, I got a question for you here uh, here later about him. But, um, yeah, <laughs> you, you, got, you guys know um, – you know, what's best, you know, uh, Jim's been around the sport for a long time. You know, me, myself, I trained with Jim for, I, I don't know, Luke, what, I, I mean, I've known you Luke since, man, you came out the womb just about, you know? Yeah. It's been a while. It's, it's, been, a while. Been, a, it's been a long time. And yeah, I mean, at rolling Hills, you on a PW 50, just riding up and down the dirt road and, uh, you know, <laughs> and Jim yelling at you already at three years old to go faster. And yeah, no, it's, uh, 
it's crazy to see where you've come, and it's awesome, uh, obviously. And, uh, you know, you've been training at Club MX uh, just like in years past on the bike, uh, but yet, this year you have a new trainer. Uh, tell us about that and uh, what what brought you to the switch. Yeah, so with the whole program and stuff, I, I know as far as off-the-bike training, I, I never really – did a whole lot. I, I did the stuff that I, that I kind of knew, but I, I, I mean, I knew it could have been better. Um, right. not to say I was completely out of shape, but I definitely wasn't the greatest. Um, and with club and stuff and me not living at club anymore, I kind of wanted to go somewhere else. And, um, club was okay with, with me going to work with, uh, CrossFit Weddington, uh, Corey, and he's worked with multiple guys in the past. I actually talked to uh, Kyle Peters a lot about him. And, yep. um, he kind of, he kind of got me on board a little bit with it. And man, ever since I, I talked to him, um, I actually talked to him, I think two weeks after I got my, uh, wrist surgery, um, from last year. And yep. it's, uh, he, he helped me get my wrist back straight and, um, got me really in shape actually. Um, it, it's been a world of a difference for me actually. Um, just my, my strength and stuff and, um, my, the, the, on the bike stuff has, has been really, really good too. Just, I, I feel really good on the bike now. Um, I, I feel like I can kind of control it a little bit better. Um, and I mean, it's been a huge help with, with Corey and stuff. So, um, and then, uh, club, they've, I've been with them for four years now. And, um, I, I think this year, as far as the riding aspect, we've, we've got some really good guys like Jeremy Martin, Enzo and, and Phil and even the Phoenix guys, and it's we've had a really fast group this year, so I think it's good for all of us, really. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And uh, um, well, you did you did the first arena cross in New York, right? Uh, I did the the Georgia one and the the New York one. Oh. Yeah, the, both Albanies. Yeah, yeah, both Albanies. Yeah, and um, I believe the first one you got. Did you get second in both one or just the first one? Uh, the first one, I think I got, uh, like a fourth and a eighth, I think. Um, and then the second one I got, uh, a second and I can't even remember. Yeah. Fifth, maybe sixth. Um, it's, it's kind of weird cause the whole inverted star stuff, but, yeah. um, does does yeah, they Jim were. like you doing Supercross or Arena Cross? Does does Jim still does Jim still does Jim actually ever even talk about the Arena Cross days and just how gnarly it was back then? Yeah, no, he talks about it a lot actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I know, he, I know, he misses it, man. Yeah, um, I actually did the the arena cross um, whenever they still had it for for us to get our pro license. Yep. So I actually had to go through that, and yeah, that that sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you did the Ricky Carmichael's thing, right? The road to Supercross. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. I think uh, I think it was Greensboro when uh, Regal or uh, I think it was Bowers and Hayes. I think that get that went at it. But yeah, anyways. Uh, no, I'm I'm sure Jim. Uh, I mean, he did it for years and years and years, and he was one of the biggest names in the sport, of course. And I know that uh, I'm sure he's probably happy with seeing the progression and the way that this Arena Cross series is trying to make it come back, just kind of like uh, the Amsoil Arena Cross did back in the day, which uh, he obviously enjoyed. Did you um, Did you feel that way when you were there and talking to some of the guys that are running the event? 
Yeah, um, I think it's going in a really good direction, actually. Um, I know I had a lot of fun, um, and I actually did one of the, the kicker rounds uh, whenever they first kind of came back. And um, the tracks then compared to now, it's, man, it was it was, it was was gnarly. Yeah. Um, and uh, the first round, it had your normal arena cross big woo. Jeez. So yeah. um, it was it was good to see that um, instead of just kind of the how, how it kind of started at the beginning where – they had the amateurs racing on too so i mean they they definitely had to change it a little bit but i think now with their new schedule and stuff and um talking to to the promoters and everything i I think it's hopefully it takes off um because i think it's coming back um for sure yeah no it's awesome to see and you know myself and heavy d i i you know i I beat it over uh the head probably too many times but i love the arena cross series i i love the the tight-knit action and um, you know all of the all of that stuff and uh, the Imperative MX podcast episode number fourteen here speaking with two fifty Supercross East rider Luke Nice Heavy D. Yeah, dude. It's, so that's one thing about Arena Cross too. It's a free for all, dude. It's like it's literally like going on Modern Warfare free for all and like fifty dudes and you go for it and it's like a survivor at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's so sick. But um, <clears throat> what I want it, it, it what's pretty cool is. Like, Jim, your, your dad's a legend. Everybody knows that. Like, he's an absolute legend. Shreds on a dirt bike. And honestly, like, he's, for you, I think it's a cheat code. Like, to have somebody, like, have Jim Neese as your dad and in your corner. But when y'all, like, sat down, and I know it's probably, like, a, a big decision, like, considering, you know, you were on teams the past three years. But at the end of the day, like, I always say, like, in order to go fast, you got to be comfortable. So, was was that like a main play for you? Like y'all decide, like, all right, we're, we're, let's just go back to doing your own thing. You can choose whatever you want, and if it works, we we know where to go from there. Yeah, uh, honestly, it uh, some of the the smaller teams. I mean, not not to throw any names or anything out there, but it it's tough um, with with getting paid and different sponsors and that kind of stuff. And there's just a lot of stuff that smoke and mirrors. Um, and it's, it's really frustrating more than anything. And honestly, kind of halfway through last year with Supercross, me and my dad, we were like, yeah, we're going, we're going privateer. Um, we had no plan. We had nothing. Um, <laughs> we just kind of went into it. Um, and I ended up finding a bike sponsor, um, and that went really well. Um, ended up getting a bike from, a uh, Honda Suzuki at Lynchburg. They helped me out a lot with the practice bike and a race bike and stuff. And after that, it kind of just took off with another sponsor. Um, my, my title sponsor, Red Research Group, he, he's been a tremendous help for me this year, um, with everything. And like I said, we really had no plan of anything and it just kind of all fell together really. But yeah, I mean, with going the full privateer route, it's just being more comfortable on the bike, running what I know works and being able to test suspension with whole control and, and everything like that. It's a lot of times with those smaller teams, you don't get to do that. So you just like, here's, here it is. And there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, it's a little frustrating to say the least. Yeah. So, no kidding. Go ahead. Uh, like, for I'm not like you know. Once again, not throwing any names or anything out there. Yeah. For any small teams, but I've always I, I've never gotten, and it, it, you may not. You don't have to answer, but 
say, what's the hardest part about being on a team and, and like, not wanting to run something but having to and you're not comfortable with it? What's the hardest part about that? Um, I mean, really, I mean, it's just like you're trying to figure out a way around it, really. Um, like, I, I haven't had to run anything that's, like, completely awful. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it's just like, yeah, like, we'll get used to it. But it's like, you you know it's not the greatest. Um, so you just you just got to do it. <laughs> Deal with it. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean – and like with those with the small teams and stuff, like they, they have to run that stuff to get money um, for the team for us to go racing. So I, I like I said, I completely understand why they have to do it, um, but it just sometimes it sucks for the rider. So, um, but uh, yeah, that's why I'm privateer. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like a lot of guys are doing that nowadays. Going, you know. Um, you know, Starling and Car now, and you know these guys are getting these uh, outside sponsors. And you know, if uh, you know if a team calls them, you know they're pretty good. You know, Chiz did that for a really long time. You know, and was able to make a kill in yeah. doing it. And um, you know, as long as you're you know making it into the into the main events, you know, each weekend, and you know you're uh, making strides to be better. I mean, just more sponsorships, and you know, more uh, people will be willing to uh, help you and support you, and uh, you know, all of that good stuff. So I think it was a good move on your part because I know I talked to you at uh, Silver Valley for the pro shootout, and uh, yeah, you were talking about that. You weren't a big fan of the of the bike, and uh, you really at that time, I don't think you, I don't think uh, actually, I. Was it at that time that you knew you were going full privateer or? At Silver Valley? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was full privateer at that point. Okay, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I, I remember you bringing it up, but I couldn't remember if that was already the plan uh, or not at that time because you were racing the uh, two-stroke at that time. So. Yeah. So, um, but, Jim, all right, one of the things that got me, I was talking to Heavy D before we, uh, d- before we brought you on here. Jim's middle name is Leland, and I think that's probably one of the greatest names for Jim just because we used to give him hell about it all the time. What is your middle name, Luke? Uh, mine's Christian. Oh, yeah. It, normal. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He, he didn't want to give me that, that Leland name. <laughs> yeah. Because he, knew, uh, he my, knew myself and Josh Hall ate him up all the time with that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, my, my grandpa actually goes by Leland, and he's not the nicest person, so he didn't want to put that on me. <laughs> well, good thing, good thing. Um, what are your goals? Uh, are you doing the whole super motocross with, uh, with the outdoors and uh, going to try to make uh, the three rounds at the end, or uh, kind of what's, uh, what's your goal and uh, what are your plans for 2023, other than supercross, obviously? Yeah, so... Right now, I'm I'm I haven't really thought that far. Um, we're just trying to get through Supercross, really. But I my my ultimate goal is to, to to do well in Supercross and then to try to get a World Supercross ride. Um, gotcha. okay. Just because the like, yeah. the the Super Motocross thing is kind of hard for the privateers, really, because yep. there's only 22 spots to the end, and honestly, there's like. 24 factory 250 guys and 22 factory 450 guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Damn, realistically, that's, that's hard to reach. Um, <laughs> so, and honestly, outdoors, I mean, everybody knows they don't pay the greatest. I think this year is a little bit better with the pay since the whole super motocross thing came along. But 
my, my ultimate goal is, is I want to do super uh, world supercross um, is, is really what I want to do. Um, I, I want to do that and then hopefully try to get into like some of those like little Paris races, Germany races. I, I want to be that guy to, to go do that stuff. I, I want to travel the world. So, um, and have fun doing it and still ride supercross <laughs> yeah. while doing it. And I think you'll make uh, some noise with, uh, with, you know, with your, uh, privateer route and all of that and putting in good uh, good performance I think you'll get better uh, as it goes on obviously the first round you know you're going to get arm pump you're going to get a little bit more fatigue than you think just because of the nerves and you know all of the stress going in and all of that right so um, get back to that 2020 uh, 21 form uh, for you Luke because uh, that was a that was a really good supercross season for you yeah no I, I'm, I'm definitely trying to get back to that one um, even though that 2021 was a, they like to say that it was an easy east coast for us that year um but i mean whatever <laughs> i don't know i um, think no, some, I, of the, some of the guys on this list that i'm looking at here that are in front of you i don't i mean uh in yeah. lap times i mean you were you were beating them so it's you know you have the speed um it's just about putting it together at the end right so yeah exactly and um yeah my, my ultimate goal this i mean for this year is i want to be I mean, I want to be a top 10, top 15 guy. And I mean, that's, I know that's where I'm supposed to be. Um, really. Um, I mean, we ride with all these, the same guys at club with, I mean, Colin Parr, uh, Cody Shock, Jeremy Martin. I mean, we ride with all those guys and we saw where all those guys finished. So that's realistically where I'm supposed to be. Uh, I just got to put it all together and try to manage the arm pump a little bit and get that figured out and, I mean, we'll be golden from there. So, well, just like the uh, ad read in the beginning, if you want some hydropower, I got a tub and I can bring it to you. I'll be in Tampa <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> hey, we might. Hey, it legit works. It legit works. Yeah, we, we might have to try some for uh, sure. All right. Well, hey, if, looking uh, for options. I don't. I don't have any media credentials, so I can't get in the gate before twelve o'clock. Uh, but if I. Uh, if I, I mean, I, I saw your setup from the pictures on that you put on Instagram, and I don't think it's going to be hard for me to miss out uh, on your rig. So I'll, uh, I'll stop by and uh, and give you some to see if that uh, that helps you out a little bit. And uh, no, it'll be good. Uh, so I'll be in Tampa this weekend, and uh, and I know you will as well. So um, when are you heading out Thursday? Yeah. So I think uh, me and my mechanic we will get the van packed up to tomorrow he's got to finish up the race bike and then yeah i think we'll head out thursday morning so are you doing press day no press day um i think i'm gonna try to get in for the next one and then uh hopefully get in for atlanta how does that work now how how does that work for you to get into press day now uh i'm just kind of sending out emails it's all who you know really i got you i I mean that's kind of what i that's kind of what i figured and i think some like Last weekend, right? Chase wasn't uh, Sexton. He wasn't out there, right? But you had Tomac and you had these other guys that was out there. So I thought that was very interesting that um, that you know some guys were and some guys weren't. So I think you know yeah. it, it is who you know and if the guys actually want to go out there and do it or not. So, um, but no, Luke, I appreciate you coming on uh, to the Imperative MX podcast here. And uh, man, I'll be seeing you this weekend. And uh, good luck. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Yep, no problem. Have a good night, buddy. Yeah, you too. All right, man. Bye. And that was Luke Nice here on the Imperative MX podcast. And uh, yeah, the privateer route, that's the way he's going, Heavy D. And, uh, and oh, actually, dude, dude. actually I, I mean, it's, it's, it's working for him. When I talked to him at Silver Valley, I mean, he was, he was not stoked on his 2022 year. So 
Um, no, he was not. He was not by any means. No, he he. I saw I saw it in his eyes when I was asking you know him some questions about it, and uh, yeah, he uh he was definitely determined to uh to come back just like 2021 uh, when he was doing really well in uh, in Supercross. So it's good to see that he uh, got on a ride, or, or not got on a ride, but got a bike uh, that he's comfortable with. And, uh, you know, go to privateer route, man. I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. If you got sponsors and people behind you, and look, he's Jim Neese's son. Jim knows a lot of people in the sport, and a lot of people know Jim Neese. So, and his son has made plenty of main events and has shown speed. So, it's no problem to get some sponsorship money and uh, you know parts for uh, for him, but it's good to see him go back to some of the companies uh, that he, you know he's uh, used uh, even in his amateur days and some of the companies that even his dad uh, Jim used coming up as well. So, well, uh, you know, you know what's funny is it was crazy. He, a lot of guys, you know, when they're in amateur ranks and they use these companies, and a lot of this stuff works. But what what I don't get is even some of the bigger names, not throwing shade, and I know things change. You can, it can always get better. It's like when they get up to that level, and it's always something. It's like that. I understand they got to stick with what the team has to offer. But sometimes, like, hey, go back to what you know. Go back to what helped you get there in the first place. What made you comfortable on the bike? You know what I mean? Like yep. he's he went back to what he was comfortable with. Yep. And the great thing, you can't if you ain't comfortable, you can't go fast. Like it's just not happening. You you may go fast, but the outcome may not be pretty because you know the chances of you uh tumbling across the hard ground <laughs> elevate a little bit. Yeah, it ain't it ain't gonna be uh it is not going to be good. So um, but yeah, I mean I. I mean, I I get it, right? Like, you want to be on a team, right? It gets your name out there a little bit more and all of that. But, man, results speak. And, uh, yeah, when you're, well, com- you when you're comfortable, you ride better. So, um, and necessarily, no being on a team don't, you know, being on a team don't necessarily mean, like, hey, you're going to, it's a good thing. Like, I mean, they can hurt you in the end because, like, like I said, he wasn't comfortable. 22 what this year. But, hey, he, he went privateer, went to what? He likes what's comfortable, the stuff he knows, and the first race of the East Coast year, he's in the he's in the night show, he's in the main. Yeah, and so, he didn't have to go to the hey. LCQ, so I know that that was a huge weight lifted off of his shoulders, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, having absolutely. to go to that that carnage uh, LCQ race. Um, the last carnage qualifier. Yeah, and we're gonna get to that here in uh, here in just a minute. Mi- uh, Mika Metals, Mika Metals strives to be the leader in product quality. Our their bars are constructed of sixty sixty one aerospace aluminum and have a unique design that allows them to retain maximum strength while still having the flex riders deserve uh, desire. I should say, Mika sprockets are made from seventy seventy five aerospace aluminum and the highest standard in the industry. Their unique tooth design maximizes wear and lets you ride longer. The 5020 Factory Series chains has a tensile strength of 9,100, and the X-Ring is over 10,000. Compare that with any other competitors, and you will truly adjust um, less and ride more. So make sure to check out MikaMetals.com and check out the inventory to see for yourself. And uh, we have the winner. 
uh, here. I'm going to do the randomizer. Uh, there was 36 uh, that uh, that emailed, so uh, we're gonna go. Oh wow, ahead. 30. Yep. yep, we had 30 that uh, that emailed. So um, good amount of good amount of people that were interested in trying to get um, these. So um, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and hit the randomizer to see. I wish I had a. I wish I had a. I don't have a. Uh, I don't have a drum to uh, start. To <laughs> oh, go. I got one for you. And the winner is William Littrell. Uh, I will be in contact with you, William, to get your information and what type of handlebar you would like. And uh, we'll get that sent right out to you. And thank you for uh, everybody who entered by email. So, uh, William Littrell, uh, I do believe I said your name right, but I will be in contact with you through email. Uh, to get you those handlebars. Uh, so, yeah, thanks to the guys over at Mika Metals for the giveaway uh, to give to William. And, uh, yeah, so make sure to go and check out MikaMetals.com. I'm getting uh, my bars on order here soon uh, for my RMZ450. So uh, some sprockets as well um, from the guys over at Mika Metals. So, yeah, go and check them out. Also have to give a huge shout-out to FXR from High Performance Snow Rider where – to motocross gear fxr has you covered the continuing growth of fxr means more selection for you jackets jerseys pants gloves and snow gear whatever it is fxr has you covered in my opinion go check out the best in sizing fitting and venting for motocross riding gear that's fxrracing.com find them on social media as well and thanks for their continuing support and heavy d i can't wait until we start going to some of these local motocross races in the North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, whatever area, and start seeing some FXR lick kits on some of these amateur oh, races is going to be good. I'm ready for some FXR lick kits. Dude, we had some good ones um, last year. So, Oh, dude, it was, it was some sweet ones. And, dude, I've seen the lineup they got this year. Their new kit, oh, dude. Good Insane. stuff. Insane. Yeah. Oh, they're they're fire! So I cannot wait to see the FX Carlit kits this year. Yeah, uh, I actually uh, got one of the um, um, FXR St. Jude uh, jerseys from last year. Um, the one that they did for I can't remember what round it was. I remember A Mart was wearing it, and I think March Banks also wore it too. Um, but the St. Jude where they let the kids kind of design the jersey and all of that. So. I got one of those. Yeah. I mean, they some of these limited edition uh, gears that they come out with is un, or they're unbelievable. Um, yeah, good stuff. Like I said, best in sizing, fitting, and venting, in my opinion. So uh, make sure to go oh, dude, and check they, out fxrracing.com. When I get down some pounds, I'm going to have to get me some. If they made it right now, I'll probably have me a dirt bike. Oh, dude, I'm telling you. Hey, you know, are, are we going to see Heavy D? On another dirt bike? Are we gonna? Is there gonna be a dirt bike in the in the garage or shed? You know what? It's like I don't know. Here lately, I've really been feeling it. I've really been like the itch has been there. The 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 itch for moto therapy. You still got gear? No, it fits absolutely not. Um um, I'm Daddy D now. Damn, you you completely gave this shit up. Oh yeah, dude! It was in the rear view. Not he even said, as soon lie. as I as soon as I went to B class and got smoked, he said, "Yep, I sold all my shit right then and there." 
<laughs> oh, I'm dead, dead ass. Like, said, this is not for me. Dead. These motherfuckers are crazy. Like, <laughs> like, I still got, it don't fit, but it was like, it was in the rear view. I was like, yep, yeah, this is the end. Oh, man, that's funny, because I was about to say, I'd let you ride the RMZ somewhere if we're at a track or something and pro in a practice or something. I'd let you go out there. I paid for a practice. It'll be all right. The last time I rode was, like, just messed around with 2020. Um, my buddy Walter Benitez's uh, YZ450 at Dreamville. Yeah. The video's on my Insta. I just I hit a few corners. That was about it. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll have to – you know what – Um. When East Coast starts, uh, well, now we are kind of in the East Coast realm. Uh, if any Supercross uh, racers uh, listen here or listening here on the Imperative MX podcast uh, would like a private Supercross track to train uh, during the weeks for these East Coast Supercrosses, so- uh, Sawyer Beck's house in Forest, Virginia, where I do some of my uh, motocross training for some of the little kids. Um, He's got a full-blown Supercross track uh, at his house that uh, 402 uh, trails put together. So um, it's legit. It's a big boy. There was a couple. Uh, I think last year he had Bobby Piazza and some uh, some other guys uh, come out there and ride. So if you guys are looking and interested to ride somewhere in Virginia, um, let me know, um, and we'll get you out there um, at some point. And uh, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. We also have to. Uh, give a huge shout out to them for over 10 years they have designed manufactured and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets their high quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry the awesome graphics and decals are utilized by professionals and weekend warriors alike the highly acclaimed design team is well equipped to help their customers and you get the look they want in a short amount of time and I and to be completely honest heavy D with that statement right there in a short amount of time Neil emailed me uh my graphics for my RMZ 450 and I asked him uh to add Mika Metals because at that point we didn't have Mika Metals on board yet and so uh Mm -hmm. or, or we were just getting them on board and I told him that within 15 minutes he sent me another one back I swear to God, Heavy D, literally two days later. No, I think it was – actually, I think it was two days later I had it at my doorstep. Dude, let me tell you, I'm not even going to, like, cap with you. If you watch Neil on a computer, because I, I spent a lot of time up there. Yeah. Like, like Neil well, yeah, my because, guy. Actually, because you were at Dreamville, right, and literally yeah, Dirt Industries dude. is, like, five minutes down the road. So yeah. – you watch him design graphics on a computer, it literally looks like he's just speed typing a bunch of crap. But he like he's so fast and like he knows what he wants and how he designs them and puts it's insane. If you watch him, you'd be like, what Okay, in... is this dude a robot? Like yeah. what in the hell? Or what is this gonna come out as? You know? Like mm-hmm. holy fuck. I mean that just goes to show, like, him and Ashley's teamwork when it comes to Dirt Industries. Like, customer service and him getting on it, doing graphic stuff, like, it's, it's a perfect combination. And for me, that's why, like, I, I literally choose them. Not only because, like, that, but the, the work is, you know... Top-notch. Next, second, yeah, second to none. So. Absolutely. And the design team provides itself uh, on creative collaboration. Not only 
do they offer superior quality graphics and top-notch designs, but at affordable prices for any budget? And that's what Dirt mm-hmm. Industries Custom Graphics does for you. So you guys as the listeners, uh, there is no local legend uh, this week, uh, but I do have some in the works, um, which me and Heavy D just talked about not too long ago. So we're going to bring those back. I know that you guys are very, very anticipated for the next one and who we're going to bring on. And, yeah, we had a good one last time with Les Smith. I mean, we had Les and uh, Matt Burkeen and Kyle uh, Bitterman. We've had a lot of good uh, local legends uh, in the past uh, couple of episodes, so make sure to go and check those out if you have not. And make sure to use code IMPERATIVEMX, all caps and no space, on DirtIndustriesGraphics.com. And it's free shipping in the U.S. on all overs, uh, all orders over two hundred and forty-nine dollars. So if you get a full graphics kit with maybe a an apparel or you know something like that, then hey, it's free shipping and you'll get ten uh, percent off. Uh, Imperative MX, all caps, no space. So, um, but heavy D, let's get into some pre- professional talk. We had a little bit with uh, with Luke Nice there uh, just a little bit ago, but. Um, man, let's talk about the action that uh, that happened up front at the AMA Arena Cross round number seven uh, this past Friday at the Livestock Event Center in Reno, North Carolina. Kyle Peters again goes 1-1. Christopher Prebula uh, went 4-2 for second, and Devin Harriman went third. Uh, went 3-3 for third. Um, Brandon Way, eh, Brandon Ray <laughs> uh, got. Uh, fourth overall with a fifth and a fourth and uh bitterman uh there in fifth with a fifth and a fourth on the night and uh yeah peters is up by a good amount i think it's over 30 points now um and uh yeah round number eight coming this friday uh heavy d um i think he's just running away with it again Prebula was very close there he was leading the entire thing in the second main i believe until the, I think it was the, I think it was maybe two corners to go, maybe or something like that, and uh, KP came around him, uh, triple tripled through the rhythm section, and uh, was able to make the pass. And uh, yeah, no, the crowd went bonkers for that. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's running away with it. Oh yeah, man, he's. Uh, I think God, he's gonna he's gonna get that title king of Arena Cross. You know, he's the he, he he's Mister Koa. Koa, yeah, King of Arena Cross, man. He's he's got it dialed, dude. You know, and it's it's crazy considering how, that big injury, the back injury he yeah. had, and to come back now, that, some of you the, know. yeah, it's definitely yeah, definitely so crazy. It's it, it's wild, man. And I'm pumped for him, though, man. He he works hard, and like I, I know a lot of them do not discredit any of any of the other guys, but Kyle, he worked hard. He works hard. He did have. You know, like I said, that major injury, but I mean, right, rightfully so. He's 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 truly earned it. Absolutely. And you know what's crazy too is that I'm looking here on um, the results, and you know what's cool is you're seeing a Brandon Ray right that races the West uh, 250 Supercross. Mm-hmm. Then you also have Devin Harriman who also races the 250 Supercross West. You also have mm-hmm. Dominique Thury who's on a satellite team, the Nuclear Blast Yamaha team. Um, 
and you have Addison and Emery. Both of these, you know, all of these guys, Colby Cop. I mean, all of these guys race 250 Supercross West, and it's cool for them to uh, be racing these uh, AMA Arena Cross uh, Championship races on uh, weekends that they're not racing, and they're not just taking a you know a weekend off. They're actually going to go get gate drops. I'm sure for Dominique Thurry, right? He was on club last year, and now um, he's still on a Yamaha, but he's with a different team, so. Yeah, no, it's good for uh, even Brandon, you know, and uh, Devin Harriman and all these guys uh, to come out on a weekend and uh, get some gate drops, Heavy D. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, what, what's cool, too, is, like, some of them raced the arena cross and still went and raced supercross. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what, that's insane. That's gnarly. Yeah, that that's gnarly. I mean, arena cross itself is a lot, like, all the heats, semis, LCQs, and then the mains, two main events of that. And then, like, leaving there and the drive, the drive itself is gnarly. Like, the travel, like, the privateer life of maintaining your own bikes and, like, making sure everything's good. Like, that's just, dude, that's insane. Like, that's that's hard to do. Like, truly. Like, I don't think people realize, like, the time and how much effort it takes to do that. The race, the rate across, and then go do supercross. Golly. You want to talk about your legs being fried. Like, okay, so um, I know we're going to get to the uh, AMA Supercross from Houston this past weekend, and one of the things is that I was listening to an interview on the Pulp MX show uh, this morning uh, from Aaron Plessinger. He was on the... Uh, the Pulp Show last night, and one of the things that he was talking about was uh, the double before the finish line. Um, just having, just getting to that momentum where he he stands to keep the bike lower. He stands before he hits that double, and you know how hard that has to be coming out of a right hander, right, and standing up like. Literally, as you're hitting the apex of the corner, you're hitting this jump, and he's standing up already to make sure that the bike stays lower to the ground. That, dude, my my legs are fried just listening to that. That's unbelievable. You know you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, dude. It, it's insane. That's crazy. Like, he was just talking about just ways of, of him trying to um, – get the bike back back on the ground faster and that his legs were just fried because he's trying to stand up a little bit to like let the bike kind of soak up to him um while he's going over these uh these jumps so um it's crazy to hear and um you know what also was crazy was the lcq the 450 lcq that was crazy that was it's, insane bro that so many people so many people got KO'd. <laughs> Poor Freddie. Poor Freddie. Dude, like Chisholm that, just, that right just, just straight up just not like it was like one of those um uh like you know you're mad at some or not you, but somebody gets mad at somebody else, right, and just takes a cheap shot and just hits them in the back of the head or something like that. That's what happened to Freddie. Like <laughs> he was in the and corner and then Freddy, wasn't in the corner. Like Freddie is the nicest dude. I man. know <laughs> he's so nice, man. And I I was so bummed for him. Like and what's crazy, like that happened to him, 
and in his mind, he was probably pissed, but he shows no emotion. He's just like, well, it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's racing, and that's that's how he's always been. And, yeah, he was at the Silver Valley Pro Shootout as well, and I talked to him a little bit while he was up there counting his uh, – or getting his money from um, um, from the office. But, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's crazy. But uh, what do you want to – which race um, – do you want to speak on first? Do you want to speak on the 250 class first, or do you want to get right into the 450 class? I'll let you take your pick, Heavy D. I mean, we, we can start off in two. I mean, honestly, or I was going to say we can start off at 250s because both of them so have many of them good stuff, you know? So. Dude, that, so many of them ate the tunnel wall, but that was in both 450 and 250. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cody Shock. Holy, but Jesus. Okay. Let's let's get into the four into the two fifty class uh, first. So you had uh, Hunter Lawrence taking the victory over Max Anstey and Jordan Smith. Hayden Deegan with an impressive performance in fourth. Jeremy Martin fell on the last lap, which allowed Hayden Deegan to get around them for fourth. But Jeremy Martin ends up in fifth for his first uh, ride on that uh, Club MX uh, Yamaha. Michael Moseman, Michael Michael motorcycle got sixth. Uh, Tom Vial ran third until he fell over in a corner. You would never think that a guy, first time, that he would crash in a in a corner and that would take him out of uh, podium contention. But, man, what a good ride from him. Chance uh, Hymas, you know, there was a lot of pro debuts that were in this. Um, there were a lot of guys on brand-new motorcycles. There was a guy that hit a wall. Um, there was a guy that was on my fantasy team, Thrasher, that absolutely destroyed me. Um, but it's okay. <laughs> he fell in the sand like three times, I think. And, yeah, it was just not good. Hardy Munez, just loose. He's loose out there. Um, but got it done. Brock Poppy in there. Jeremy Hand, Michael Hicks, Luke Neese, Devin Simonson, and A.J. Catanzaro. The cat, he made it in. But um, let's talk about Hunter, Heavy D. Um, coming in, uh, actually, let's go to qualifying. Hunting, uh, c- coming in, well, let's just get to this part first. Coming in. Everybody knew that Hunter was going to be fast, right? Everybody knew that he was going to be oh, a title yeah. contender. He he won four races last year against Christian Craig. Um, I think he needed to figure out his starts, and I think he needed uh, maybe a little bit better of um, – I think he just needed a little bit more – I don't even know really what to call it because he's a good rider, right? He, obviously, he's won um, – outdoors and indoor races so he obviously he's a great rider but i think he just needed that little extra step and let me go into this a little bit deeper heavy d i don't know if you heard me within the chat on saturday where you know we all get in there and we uh talk throughout the main event and stuff but i was harping on um hunter through the qualifying sessions because when i was watching him he looked so much like his brother going through the whoops, going through the rhythm sections, be, being more over the front of the motorcycle. Like when he's going through the whoops, it's like almost like his hand, his chest is over the handlebars. Like he's like posturing himself out, but almost like it's too much to where like, you know, if you're going into a business meeting and you see somebody's, you know, upper body just way too much out there, the chest is too much. It's like, bro, you're trying way too hard. But Hunter has got it figured out, and I I don't know, Heavy D. He looks really, really good on that bike right now. Yeah, he just is – what I think it is, if you watch 
and and uh, years past when Hunter was riding, he he's fast, no doubt about it. Like he's he he can go win. I just feel like he was over working himself on the bike instead of working with the bike and letting the bike do the work. Like him actually riding, he was letting the bike ride, like kind of be in control of him in some situations. And I think that was the biggest difference between him and Jet. If you, if you watch Jet ride, he's so fluid, man. It's like, if he's not, it's like he's not even trying because he's, he's just, he's going through the proper motions. He's flowing with the bike. He's letting the bike do the work. He's just putting the proper English on the bike and racing the track. And for him, I think that's why it's so flawless when he races. And for Hunter, the reason like that, I think also because he, he did get the start and he, you know, he, he got past and got out front and he just, he, he did like Jet. He, you know, he, he just rode flawless and he, he worked with the bike and didn't overwork himself on the bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. So I, I think that was a big thing. And, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, you can learn something. Everybody knows something good, knows how to, you know, they, everybody knows something better in a different way. That's how I look at it. And, you know, Jet may be his younger brother, but he, 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 he obviously, just by winning, you can always learn something from your sibling or anybody else. And I feel like Hunter, you know, just over the, you know, in the off season and training with Jet, he just, you know, Picked on, picked up on some stuff, and you know, learned. And I mean, I think it's a good thing. So, I think. I think don't get also, me wrong. Now. I think also what helped too is that they're they're helping uh, the cat, cat and zero with the Moto Academy, and they're doing these yep. riding classes, right? Like, so it's telling them, and and it's um, you know, a re- reoccurring thing in their brain, you know, because they're helping the cat. The cat's there, so you know, you know, AJ's asking them questions about this, that, pro- you know positioning you know this sort of thing so it's like almost like they're being molded into the guys that they are already and have become and they're just gonna get Mm -hmm. better as time goes because they're continuously working on these things that make them you know what makes them good so um i believe that uh hunter could go on a little bit of a roll here because if you look at this list right Max Anstey, this was a great ride from him, and I'm not taking this away at all. He was the fastest qualifier all the way throughout the day. Hunter was only, like, fifth fastest qualifier, but if you look, he got the whole shot. And, like, Hunter, the past couple of years, he has not been a very good starter. So now now that he's got the starts figured out, and you look at the names, um, Max Anstey had a great ride, but, you uh, you know, Hunter was checked out. So... Oh, that, that that was a thing. He, he he got to start. Not, you know, he got to start now. Don't get me wrong. I feel like if Mac gets that start with him, Hunter will be in trouble. I think it would just be a good. I, I think it will be a good fight. But uh, man, it's it's so hard to go against a guy that has won main events before and a guy that just got his first ever podium. But Max has been racing the 250 class since 2010. Heavy D. So. I mean, not not all the way through, right? But he's been racing at a professional level on a 250 uh, multiple times throughout more than a decade. So um, he knows what he's doing. Um, but if I had it, like, 
you would would you say that you would take Max over Hunter if it's a one v one final lap type thing? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'll see. Okay, all right. First debate that we actually have. I I think Hunter gets it done just because of his his experience. The reason I'm gonna say this is because it's like it, to me it's like this. Okay, Max has been in black class since. 2010. He, he, that's when he was, you know, in pro. Also, don't forget. Oh, he's a world supercross champion, too. Christian Craig was oh, 08 no. 09, I think. Yeah. So Christian Craig was 08 09. But last year was his first year. And I know it, it's not just, I'm just going off a statistic ordeal and how I look at it. But he dominated last year because. It, it just it took that long for him to come into his own, you know, actually get on that solid program and, you know, get comfortable. I feel like the reason I say I would take Max is because he's been in these situations. He's been in the, you know, pro ranks a little longer, and it's just one of those things. It's like it's taken him that time to get to where he is now, so I feel like that, that season vet would kick in, and that's what he would get harder Twenty dollars, heavy D. If it comes down to it, oh, I'd be twenty. Yeah, we can okay. do that. We all can right. do that. I'll all right, all right, back. So if it's a final lap in a main event, and it's them two, and let's say they're within a second of each yeah, other, yeah, yeah, we can do. Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so if they're within one second of the of the final lap on the main event when they cross the finish line, right? You got one lap. It's one second separated. It's pretty much do or die uh, for this victory. Uh, I got I got twenty dollars on Hunter. Heavy D's got twenty on Max. Let us know uh, down in the comments or uh, or email us and let me know. Uh, let us know your thoughts. I might actually put it up on the Q and A uh, for Spotify since Spotify's got a Q and A that you can um, uh, do uh, down at the bottom. But uh, yeah, and I think it will be good. Um, Max is a is an Australian Supercross champion. I think that he won some World Supercross races this year, but I but don't quote me on that. I'm not. I don't know much of Max Anstey's past, other like as far as races and race results. Other than I know that he's been racing for a very long time, has been very successful in any series that he's been on or any team that he's been on. Um, but I guess just, I, I don't know, but I, I think it would be a good bet. And I, I, dude, I just want to see it happen. Maybe we, I, dude, I might see it in, right in front of me and I could be either gaining 20 or losing 20 heavy D, <laughs> but it would be good to see. And I mean, do you throw, do you throw Jordan Smith, um, Jeremy Martin, Michael, Michael motorcycle Moseman? Do you throw uh, Nate Thrasher? Do you throw these guys in for for a uh, for a win? Do you throw any of these guys? I see I see Jordan. I think Jordan's probably the highest guy on my list for a win right now. But where was where was Moseman this weekend? He was he was there in qualifying, but he failed back. I just no. well, he started fourteenth. He started fourteenth, and he worked his way to seventh. Here's my thing, like. Dude, it, I thought West Coast was pretty deep. East Coast is deep. People dude. are saying this field yeah. is depleted, but dude, like, okay, 
people are saying this field is depleted because we lost Shimoda and, and Hemmecker. Okay, Hemmecker has won one race, okay? And Shimoda would have been probably the biggest title contender with Hunter coming in, right? But since he's hurt and you have, you know, nobody really else that has been, uh, that people know of that has been racing, right? Because Jordan hasn't raced in a whole year. So, mm-hmm. and he's been hurt, but he's been grinding down at the goat farm uh, on this bike since, dude, I think before even MXON. So, well, here's, here's what's funny. Do you know he was on the Firepower Honda team yeah. last year? The same bike Max rides. Yes. Yeah. He was on it with um, Fry, Jared. Yep. Yeah. He was on it with Jared. Uh, speaking of Jarrett, uh, we're going way off subject here. Where is Jarrett? What's he doing now? I honestly don't know. I, okay. I gotta ask his brother. I, okay. That's crazy. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, check up on that and get back with me if you can. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, I could see Jordan pulling out a win. Um, I could. I don't even know if I even want to say Jeremy can get a win until he does. Like. Does that make sense? Say it again now. Jeremy, like I don't, like I don't know if he's gonna be able to get a uh, to get a win with um, Jordan, Max, Hunter. I don't. It's, I, I feel I, like I, it's, it's one of those situations. It's it's got to be in the right circumstance. You see, that's what I'm saying, and I think it's right for all of these guys outside of Hunter, in my opinion. In my opinion, like, honestly. It's like if if Hunter goes up against 1v1 against any of these guys, I think maybe Jordan would get him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he grenades himself. Thrasher, I wouldn't be surprised if he grenades himself. Moseman, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to run it up in there and slam him and go down. So, and I just and Jeremy, I mean, we haven't seen him up at the front for a while. Um, he has a Does he This may be a really dumb question. He has a Supercross victory, does he, or does he not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, he has like, two, I think. Okay, two or three. Two. On the Geico Honda, right? Uh, he won on Star 2. Okay, okay. So, last year? No, 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 not last year. I think uh, the year before. Uh, yeah, because he was only in for two rounds last year, right? And then he got hurt? Yeah. 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 That, that sucked. But, um, yeah, so, like, I, I really don't see anybody. I mean, um. Yeah, I don't see anybody on this list that can really um, take him down unless there's a, uh, you know, altercation. I just, me, me personally, like, Jordan's a different rider now. Like, watching his whole demeanor, body style, um, like, position, how he's been riding, it's completely different. Like, it him, is, it I, is I, but he's got to put it together in the main event, man. He can't be going, he can't, he can't, you know, Against Hunter, he can't go down. I think that was just that was just like quick, simple mistake. I don't think that was like anything major. I feel like Hunter was just in the same section. Started everything. If it came down to it, and Hunter was in their position, I think the outcome would be different. I just don't see him. I feel like if Jordan the Thrash got out front, they would run away. Max got out front, he would run away unless they was all there together. I just don't. Me personally. If it came down to it, it was Jordan Smith, Max Hansty, um, Hunter, and um, who else? Oh, and Nate. 
and probably a few others. If they were right there, I don't see Hunter running away with it. I just don't. Yeah. Uh, oh, like he don't get me wrong. He's going fast. He's he's riding tremendous. But I the East Coast right now, man, they just is is dude. This deep. I just if I could probably if it was Jet, I would feel differently. And yeah. none against Hunter, but I I just don't see him running away with it like Jet does. Yeah, I just I you know I'm not here to fucking blow Hunter, but. I'm just I'm just going off no, of no, experience, no. you know what I'm saying, and I'm just I'm just going off of what I saw. I'll really be able to do the eye test, and I could really tell you next next week's podcast. Um, you oh, know, you'll be there live and in person. I'll be able to see it live action, baby, live action. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I I think this this is a deep field of unknowns. This is a deep field of unknowns, but I feel like in last uh, in the West Coast, I feel like that was a um, class of knowns, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of knew what was going to happen in that one, right? But I feel like yep. in, in this coast, it is a series of I have no idea what could happen. So, um, excuse me. Um, I I just. I think I just I just I saw it with just the eye test of the of the TV monitor, right? The computer monitor watching watching Hunter. He just looked like a different rider to me. He looked like he has finally found the flow and is finally very comfortable on the motorcycle just watching him go through the whoops because remember last year he got ate up through the whoops last year by Craig, right? But obviously he's going to because it's Christian Craig and he was on a Star Yamaha. But he looks way different, and the whoops are smaller this year. I get it, but still, even at the one, at some of the rounds where the whoops were a little bit smaller, smaller, and they were cupped out, Hunter really struggled last year. But this mm-hmm. year, I mean, you go and look at some of the photos that some of the media guys have put out. You know those those whoops were really cupped out, and he did really well through the entire main event, obviously. Um, and, you know, gapped everybody. So, um, no, great rides. Uh, we got a $20 bet, Max Anstey versus Hunter Lawrence. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. I can't wait to collect my $20, Heavy D. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just, you know, I'm just looking at times, dude. The reason I say because, dude, these dudes were in traffic. Now, Jordan Smith and Thrasher, both fit one. George Smith was a 53.7. Thrasher was a um fifty three six and they, they were in traffic. Anstey in traffic was a fifty three six. Hunter's fastest time by himself was a fifty three flat. Mm. Yeah. I mean so six tenths. Well Hunter wasn't the yeah. fastest guy in qualifying. You know what I'm saying? He was no, like fifth, no, no. fifth or fourth fastest, right? But it's just one of those guys where he could just make it happen in the main event, right? Like, yeah, I'm just going off of him being like alone out front, like you know, getting away. Right, 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 right. No, and I, I don't know. Like, I guess I'd have to go back and really just watch it. I think just those opening laps. I think that he was just ready, kind of just like a Ken Roxon, and can just sprint those first couple of laps and just gap them. And just keep that distance, that three and a half, four second gap of it's enough to where if I make a small little mistake, at least he's not on my ass. So 
Right. But if he, but it will be very interesting if he does not get the start and see how he does working my way through traffic, and then I may be eating my own twenty dollars. So, um, but we'll have to. You could not. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, all right. It's time to get into it. I have to apologize about all of the all of the ranting I've been uh, saying for the past two episodes here on the Imperative MX podcast. This is episode number 14. So 12 and 13, I've been harping that I think it was too early for Hayden to go into the Supercross full-time, make his pro debut. But damn it, if he did not impress me like through qualifying like he was loose don't get me don't get me wrong he was loose but man was he fast and to keep it composed through the entire main event okay he had got okay so in in the in the start Hayden started across the line in um ninth so he had to work his way up through the pack to finish in fourth where um where he finished, right? Some guys fell down. Right. But hey, he didn't fall down. That's the nature of the game in Supercross. Like it's it's a survival of the fittest and is and you know, who can stay up the longest, right? Like it's almost like a mud race. Because these tracks are so close together and the guys are so close in times that really the smallest mistake of the tiniest tip over, you're getting passed by two or three guys because it takes five to seven seconds for you to pick the motorcycle up, start it, if it has to go into neutral, then start it, whatever the case may be, right? So he was he was there and he was, you know, battling guys, he was battling Martin, he was battling Tom Vial, like he even said it after the after the um, after the race, uh, post race interviews. He was saying that man, it's crazy that he was you know in front of these guys and could just see their um, you know jerseys flapping with their you know name and number on it. And he's like, holy, you know, I can't believe that I'm right here in this moment right now. Um, but man, did he impress me? Obviously, he's been putting in the work at the goat farm. He's been riding with the best 250 supercross racers in the world right so he's getting to see and train and and do everything and he's on the best motorcycle in the 250 class other outside of the hondas uh but really if you think about it the hondas really are only good because they got jet and and hunter but realistically the bike is good because it gets, oh, no, it gets them through I so. mean, no, no, max you can't forget max now like oh he, well, he, max, he, max too i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry max too do you have a soft spot for Max? Man. Here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> Dude, it seems like you were hella hostile about that. Don't forget yeah. about Max. <laughs> here's the thing. All right. I'm sorry. I'm chewing on this hamburger steak right now, and it's busting. But. It's busting. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Here's the thing. Okay. My man. Is on a team that's based out of MTF, and the bikes are built out the back of a finished barn dominium beside a laundry room. And my guy literally just goes out and gets second in a supercross on East Coast. Well, and, I mean, what's more important? Can I mean, what's what's more impressive? Can Roxon winning on it or Max Anstey with this second? 
Oh, Mac Nasty. Me personally, Mac Nasty. Really? I would. I. I mean, I guess because it's his first um, podium and his. Oh. 12 years or you know he a little less because he did some MX, MXGPs but um, you know for him being he, a, he a, a supercross rider yeah he got a fourth back in in San Diego in like 2014 yeah I think it was yeah but I mean even in the 450 class he had good results 7, 8, 6 like he had some good results even on when he was on Twisted T but or HEP I'm just, I'm just like, I like the underdogs and stuff, you know. And even I was pumped on Deegan. I really was because, and don't even know, I, I understand where you're coming from on that whole situation. Just because how they did Adam, like AC, I think they kind of jacked him over by making him, by like pushing him to go pro as early as he did. Yeah, he didn't race one big bike race on a 250. He just went straight pro. Yeah, and. And in the end, it kind of jacked him. I mean, he the shoulder injury, he's just been plagued by injuries. Yep. And I can see where you're coming from with Deegan on that situation. But I feel like the difference is, you know, Hayden, he's been he's been grinding on the big bike. Dude. He's, in amateur, he's proven himself in the amateur ranks. He's proven he was the top dog. So it, to me, it's just a point where you get, you hit a peak in amateurs. And if you stay, I feel like if you stay back too long with these kids, you're not going to gain. They're just going to catch up because you're the top dog. So the best thing they could have done is, all right, put them out there with the fucking wolves. Excuse my friend, sorry. Yeah, just, just put them out there with the wolves. And they did. And I mean, he performed. And honestly, man, I'm going to go ahead and say, if he gets out front, that's when I left out. If he gets the whole shot, he's going to be hard to guard. Because when he gets out front, he don't see nothing but green, and ain't nothing in between. Hey, that was good there, Doctor Seuss. Mm-hmm. That was hey, solid. I'm just saying, <laughs> like people can people can hate on the kid. Don't get me wrong; they can hate on the kid. They can hate on Brian. I mean, yes, he spent a lot of money, but you know what? He didn't buy. That his money didn't buy that kid's talent. Oh no, it, absolutely that money, not. It, it or that work? It didn't. It didn't buy that hard work. It may have bought the best people to help, you know, tighten it up, tighten up his his hard work, or you know, whatever the case you know, may be. You know, mm-hmm, help, you know, tune his craft. But at the end of the day, he put in the work. He's he's the one out there going fast. It's his mindset. Yeah. You can't not so you can't, put in the work and get a result like that. I mean, you can't fault him for that. No, he no. put in that work. No, and I didn't have, and and I don't have anything against uh, Hayden or the family. I don't personally oh. know them or anything like that. Right? It's just one of those things where I just thought, man, like it's you know maybe his second year. You know, maybe I don't, I don't know. I just thought maybe it would just work better. But you know these these teams are at the at the test tracks. They're seeing the times. They're seeing him day in day out. And of course, they're going to know what the best option is because they're there seeing it every single day. And they know. And they're looking at lap times. And I mean, even you know, uh, I can't remember which one of the riders, but yeah, they were saying that some of the days that Hayden's faster than everybody, Jordan's faster than everybody. You know, it's just. Pick your day, pick your poison, pick your day, and and one of the guys is faster than everybody. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he was a he was a part of it, and I thought 
You know, I just thought just because of just mistakes, pressure, that sort of mm-hmm. thing, I just thought it would get to him, and it didn't, and he impressed me, and I was flat out wrong. So, uh, and I'm not, uh, you know, afraid to admit it, and I even made a TikTok video on that. So, um, no, hella of a good performance coming out of Hayden, and it's going to be really interesting to see what he does here uh, moving forward because the kid's fast, he is a little loose, but he was strong enough to keep his composure throughout the main event and just let guys fall down, and he was right there to scoop up. And you know what? And nobody would talk any type of smack on that if it was anybody else like Hunter or Jet or anybody like that. Nobody would be talking about that, but just because it's Hayden Deegan, they're going to talk like that just to pick some sort of flaw about it. And And I can't pick a flaw out out of the main event other than that one where he almost died coming out of the whoop section to hit that double. I could have sworn that he was going across to the uh, start-finish uh, line there. Honestly, I think that it's just a part of the learning process. You, That's the thing. If he'd have stayed back, he'd have never learned the amount he took in by being out there racing with them by sitting back in amateurs another year. I mean, as – Coming in as a rookie, you th- that's the type of stuff you learn how to stay out of those situations. And it's just one of those things he got to pushing and he may have let his guard down a little bit. And yeah. that that's the thing. Out when you're out there with those dudes, they're balls to the wall from gate drop. Yeah. They're 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 you they're don't have room to make mistakes. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that's what I was afraid of. I was just afraid that just the mistakes would come. I, I knew he would be fast, but I knew he was also going to be loose too, and I didn't know if he was going to be able to save some of the stuff that he did, and he did. So, um, no, what a what a great performance. And then um, talking about the other uh, star racing Yamaha rider, Nate Thrasher, he was on my fantasy team. Honestly, my 250 fantasy team was absolutely horrendous. Um, but um, Thrasher, man, he, he finished 15th. He fell three times, I think, in the main event. Um, he's won three races, and realistically, we need to go to Atlanta Motor Speedway or we need to go to uh, Salt Lake City for a uh, um, East-West shootout. Uh, I, 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 I like the, uh, mm, the salt. Both of them sound pretty interesting. But we need to get him to win somewhere else too. We, I, I want to make, I want to try to get at least this coast to have a little bit of. Um, I, I don't want somebody to run away with it. Uh, I want, I want somebody to uh, to battle up there at the uh, at the front. So, um, somebody new, you know, just just to make it a little bit more interesting. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, another pro uh, debut, Chance Hymas. Uh, rode really good all day long. I felt like he put in, uh, put in the laps there. Um, he put, uh, you know, he he started up there at the front. He got the whole shot, or he was close to it. He was very close to it. I think Hunter ended up getting him pretty quick. Um, but yeah, no, he uh, he worked his way up through the uh, through the field, and um, yeah, no, did uh, did really well on his. Uh, you know, first uh, career start. So, um, I think Hymas will get better. We have to talk about Tom. I mean, first time 
I mean, I think this is going to get overlooked, to be completely honest. He looked so good in that main event. Like, he had everything dialed and good, and just good right off the bat. And um, if it wasn't for that tip over in the corner, he would have got third, no problem. That's crazy. He would have got third in his first professional debut here in America and in Supercross, which in talking, uh, you know, a lot of people wanted to talk to him. He didn't have that prior France Supercross like Marvin did and all that sort of thing. He was stuck to the motocross because he was going to go full MXGP, you know, until he retires, I guess. And then this opportunity came up. And so, yeah, he started riding Supi. And off the bat, he's this good. This may be a little scary, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's we're gonna see. I, I was highly impressed with Tom Val, just because you know, like you said, he hadn't really he hadn't rode Supercross or raced it. So for him to come out and adjust that fast, although I just think the, the fall was just an a race pace adjustment period, trying to stay that consistent on something that tight and technical for that amount of time. I think that's the only reason he really failed because it's, it's different in outdoors. You know, it's a lot more open, you know, a little bit more rest time. The Supercross, there's no rest time. You got to be on hitting your marks every lap, every corner. Yeah. So, and every lap has to count. So I think that's why he tipped over. It was just a, a slight, you know, mishap, but he's, he's definitely going to get even better. I don't see him going backwards by any means. That's just me personally, in my opinion. Yeah, no, and I mean, I, I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, the other pro debut rider, Talon Hawkins, um, I think it was okay. Uh, he was up there at the front, and then I think he must have tipped over or something because they, uh, they were talking about it, and I saw it there on the screen, and then all of a sudden he was gone. So, um, yeah, I, I think that will be good. He'll get better as, uh, as it goes, but... Um, yeah, uh, Michael Hicks was there from the Arena Cross Series. Uh, he finished 19th. Luke, obviously, there. The cat made it in. Um, Cody Shock hit a wall, and I cannot believe it. He made it through the <laughs> the last chance qualifier, and uh, yeah, oh my goodness, what a what a hit, what a hit. Um, he dude, took and, he and, ate and, that wall, dude. I'm surprised that he was okay, just okay, like. Jesus, what a what a what a past year for Cody Shock. I mean, broke his jaw, got hit with a, uh, got hit by a car on a Honda Groom, and screwed himself up. And then before that, he had um, surgery or an injury from practice crash or something like that. Like he's just had, holy cow! He said apparently over the weekend he said, uh, "Well, I thought, I thought all bad luck comes in threes, but now we're at four. And so I'm starting to get a little worried. So um, oh, hopefully it gets better for him. But, uh, yeah, no, anything else on the uh, on the 250 Supercross East class before we go into uh, um, for round number two of the series this weekend in Tampa, Florida? Anything, uh, anything to look out for? Anything uh, that you think uh, could happen or may happen? We need to start doing our predictions here so that people, be, if they listened before uh, the actual race, they, they kind of know who we're going to pick. So uh, why don't you go ahead and do that? What, uh, who, are you gonna, who, who do you think is going to win in, uh, in Tampa? Tampa? Oh, 
Dude, Tampa, I got to go with my boy Smitty, Jordan Smith. Yeah, home hometown. Well, not really hometown, but pretty close. I mean, he's from Georgia, and it's not. No, he's from North Carolina. Uh, he is originally. Yeah, on here it says. Uh, it says. Uh, Akalakni. Oh, Akalakna. Yeah, of uh, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, so. That's where he yeah he resides. Yeah, that's where he resides. Yeah, no, he's normally from uh from North Carolina. I used to see him at Muddy Creek a good amount. So, um. But uh, all right. Uh, if you're gonna go with uh, jumping Jordan, then I am going to go with. Uh, uh, I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna go an underdog because I always love a good underdog story, even if I'm completely wrong. Uh, but I I have Thrasher. Oh, also Nick Romano will be out. Uh, he posted earlier. Uh, that he is. Uh, his knee's completely blown out, so he's out for the entire year. ACL meniscus, well, all that dang. good stuff. Yep. So Romano's out for the entire year. So that is super unfortunate. Um, but for my pick for the weekend, I am going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with Nate Thrasher. I think Thrasher's going to get it done. Um, I don't know. I I just it's it's probably just one of those things where I want to see an underdog win. Um, uh, you know, kind of story. Uh, just to make it interesting in the series, um, but uh, yeah, the uh, I mean Hunter, Jordan, Max, all those guys right there are gonna be are gonna be hard to beat if he doesn't get the start. So he needs to get a good start. But if he can, I believe that um, that he can be on top for sure. So um, all right, we got both star racing Yamaha, uh, Monster Energy Yamaha star racing riders, Jordan Smith and. Nate Thrasher is our picks for Tampa. Uh, who do you guys have? Let us know. And, uh, yeah, let's move into the 450 class before we hop on out of here. But this is going to be a good discussion here. Eli Tomac takes home the victory over Chase Sexton. Jason Anderson, fins, uh, uh, last one on the podium. Aaron Plessinger with his best finish so far this year in fourth. Cooper Webb, his teammate, in fifth. Justin Barsha with a sixth. Justin Cooper, his debut on the 450 gets seventh an impressive ride getting Ken Roxon an eighth right there at the end for Justin so good ride by Justin like I said eighth for Ken Roxon uh he posted on Instagram and said uh that that was unacceptable uh and he'll be back so expect a little bit more out of uh Ken on um Saturday in Tampa Joey got a ninth this weekend instead of tenth so that's good for Joey beating uh Adam uh Adam with a tenth Craig 11th is this just where we're just going to see Craig is it like battling Wilson and Savachi and Cicerello like is this is this really what we're going to get out of Craig this year or is there more heavy D dude if man you, before he said it himself I don't think it's so much as him dude the 450 class is hard man and if if he'd have stayed on Yamaha, which I don't think they had a spot for him, or they did, but on two fifties, he won the ride four fifties. If he'd have stayed on that bike, it'd have been a different story. It's man, it's such a big change, dude. It's it's like well, it's a big, I don't it's a big like change he, for him because he's been on Star for quite a while now, right? And, so and, and now he's going like to you know. Yeah, KTM and I don't feel stuff. So, 
on that bike too. That that's that's my personal opinion. I don't think he's quite fully adjusted to it. Like, and he's I think he, he he's doing what he can do. He's not complaining about it. But I just man, for me personally, if it's hard to switch. If it was two fifties, I'd feel a little different. But four fifties, man, it's it's hard, dude. That that's tough. That that that's tough. That's a big change, and I feel like we we should. He has more, but it's going to be hard, man. It is going to be hard. Like, dude, the four fifty class is stacked. Yeah, there's a lot of top. There's a lot of top talent. Um, one hundred percent this year, and uh, yeah, Craig with an eleventh, Wilson twelfth, Colt Nichols thirteenth. Uh, I know that he would. He he's uh, he had an injury of some sort, so it's been um, tethering his riding uh, throughout the week. So he's not able to ride as much as he wants to throughout the week with bike testing and that sort of thing. Uh, but right behind him, Kevin Morans, his uh, career best, fourteenth uh, privateer, doing it on his yeah, own. So that's so that's good for Kevin. Um, Shane McArath, 15th, Justin Starling, 16th, 17th, Cade, Clayson, 18th, John Short. He got locked into the whole Chisholm, A-Ray, and Norin thing, and he said, well, that's a three for one in the corner. I'll take that. Thank you. I'll go to the main. So uh, good for John Short to make it in. He's made every main uh, this year, and uh, no, that that's good. Josh Cartwright did very well, got an impressive start in that 450 LCQ and, and kind of rode away with it and let the chaos uh, ensue behind him. So that was good. Uh, Justin Hill, 20th. Dylan Ferrandis, man, what a what a hard hit for uh, for Ferrandis there. Got knocked out, but he'll be out for this round and I believe the, the Oakland as well. But uh, for sure this week he's out. Um, but good to see him up. He was, he was knocked out. Uh, for at least a solid two minutes or so from what I heard uh, people uh, saying. So um, good thing Dylan's uh, okay. And then Benny Bloss there had a uh, mechanical um, in the main, uh, which forced him to get that 22nd. But the real story of the night, Heavy D, I mean, when Chase Sexton passed Eli Tomac in the whoops, I think all five of us in that in that Discord chat said, holy shit, like, oh, my God, like, this is unbelievable. Like, Chase Chase is going to win tonight. Like, we all thought Chase was going to win, right? Like, there was... I don't think there was really one person in the chat that said that... Uh, said that... Uh, that Sexton couldn't win or wasn't going to win. And Eli Tomac, veteran Eli Tomac, gets it done when all of the odds are kind of against him. Chase was the fastest. Chase beat him by eight seconds in the heat race after blitzing past him in the whoops, which Eli Tomac is very, very good in the whoops, and obviously so is Chase Sexton, but it's very rare for us to see people blowing by Eli Tomac in a set of whoops. Um, so the mental strength to be able to overcome that devastation of the heat race and to not change the motorcycle at all, but change himself, uh, this is from what he said on the podium and post-race conference is that he did not change anything on the motorcycle other than his mental mindset going in. And he said that, um, and I think, um, he didn't say, but I think the restart really helped him because before the restart, 
they were on his ass. So, oh, I think the restart really, really helped Tomac um, there in the beginning of that restart um, going into the in, into the rest of the main event. It, it it did it absolutely did, and I mean honestly, I never, I didn't, I wasn't gonna say that Case couldn't win, but. I just, I just had a feeling Eli wasn't going to lay down. Like I understand it was the heat and all that, but man, Eli, he, he knows how to take it. He, he knows how to step up when, when, when it counts. When it's crunch time, dude. For him, it don't get me wrong. I think it was, it was hard, but he just, he got that dog in him, man. He's got that dog in him. Yeah, he does. Like uh, Absher Hall, he's got that dog yeah. in him. He so, got the dog in him, and now he's got the ta- the dog locked up in the Cobra tent, ready to yeah, ready sir. to start barking out there. So um, that was actually, hey. that was actually pretty good on me. I'm actually going to give myself a pat on the back for that one. That was pretty. Was, good. That was pretty. Tough. I was about to uh, I was about to actually give you some kudos for that one. Yeah, I appreciate that. I gave myself before, but yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, just me. Like, I really thought Sexton had it. I mean, he was just the fastest in qualifying all day. Um, right, like he just he just had it. So I really thought Chase was just gonna run away. I mean, in qualifying, he was like a second, second and a half lap faster than everybody else. Same in that heat race, and yeah, that restart really screwed him up. I mean, AP was even up there, uh, battling with Sexton and uh, Anderson. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, Tomac started first, he finished first, he led every single lap, never let anybody buy him. So. Um, what an impressive performance coming out of uh, Eli Tomac for his third victory on the on the season, and he is uh, eight points up on uh, or seven points up on um, uh, Chase Sexton in the title, and uh, Cooper Webb is three points now down uh, on Chase, and uh, Anderson dropped down to uh, to fourth or, or staying in that fourth place at seventy six points compared to. Uh, Cooper Webb's 83. So uh, we're starting to see a little bit of separation here at the front, but Chase really needed to uh, get that win to bring it down just a little bit. Um, I feel like Chase had it, and uh, yeah, it just didn't it didn't show up at the main event to get the job done, kind of like the heat race, heavy D. Yeah, yeah, he he was trying, man. I don't. It's not that. He couldn't, like I said, Eli just, man, he turned it up. And to beat Eli, you just got to, man. We just got to keep thinking this is a new Eli Tomac. Like, all of the old stuff and all of the old things on Geico and uh, Cowie, I think we need to throw those results out the window and not even look look at them even more anymore because we're looking at a different Eli Tomac than those years. Yeah, and dude, I feel like Chase showed us he. And I get it; it was a good tactic. He was trying to get in his head. He showed the all right, dude. I'm comfortable on the bike. I feel good on this track. But I think he showed too much from jump. He he he, he tried to go after him from jump. I just and that just goes to show you ain't gonna be able to you, you ain't breaking Eli like that. He knows he has speed. That's his. I think that's his mental advantage. He knows, like he's the fastest dude. Yeah. Well, I think he knows that he's he's the guy. 
he knows that he is the guy and he's not going to let anybody kind of take that away from him, right? Especially if this is supposedly his last year, which I don't think it's true. I think if he wins, I don't think he walks away. I don't, but who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, so, yeah. So, I feel like Sexton really needs to come back with a win this weekend in uh, Tampa, and uh, we'll see if he gets it done uh, in front of Imperative MX. All of the fans, uh, you know, that uh, that support imperative mx and uh and all of that but no all jokes aside um chase really needs to get this win uh this weekend and start gaining a little bit of momentum i really thought that he was going to go on kind of like a win streak uh and he looked like he was going to show it and yeah just veteran eli tomac just turned it up in the main event and uh just did what eli does and uh yeah uh, ran away with it a little bit there towards the end uh anderson third kind of a quiet third um not really much from from Anderson. He, um, I think he finished maybe two, maybe like three or four seconds behind Chase at the end there. But kind of a quiet night for Anderson, Heavy D. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of like just, I ain't going to say laid back, but I think. Fried? He, um, huh? Fried? Like team fried? Like laid back <laughs> team fried? <laughs> Yeah, he, he may have been a, a a bit cooked out there. He was oh. a, he was a little less than fried. He may just have been a tad cooked. But I got you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think it, it'll come. It's just I think he's. It's just one of those things, you know. Anderson don't really like the spotlight, so I think he's just gonna take one of those ordeals where he, he's really gonna have to want it yeah. in, in, in that old man time. Yeah. Um. I, I, I just, I'm just waiting for that one ride for him to come out, you know? I'm just waiting for that, just that one ride uh, that, you know, he kind of just uh, takes over and just walks walks away with it, uh, kind of like he did with the seven or eight races that he did last year. So, um, I think he just got a bad jump off the gate and got into some drama that he didn't need to, and um, yeah, maybe he'll uh, kind of straighten himself out uh, moving forward after this uh after this weekend and uh yeah start to pick it up a little bit maybe we'll uh see another winner so um that would be good uh ap great performance for him he was up there at the front before the restart and he said that after the restart he pushed a little wide in the first turn and because he was actually behind chase um in the restart so um well it was tomac anderson chase and then ap and he drifted a little wide, and uh, somebody got around him, I think. So, uh, but anyways, um, great, great ride out of AP. He needed that, and it's contract year for AP. Like I said at the beginning of the year, and he was asked that uh, last night on the uh, on the podcast, and uh, um, he said it's it's kind of in the back of his mind a little bit, but uh, good for him to show out, and uh, he beat his uh, his teammate and passed him straight up through the whoops like he was standing still. So. Seems like they got the whoops fired, uh, figured out, at least for AP, and made him a little bit more comfortable. So, Heck yeah. So that's good for uh, Aaron Plessinger. Uh, Cooper Webb, a fifth. It was just kind of a quiet night for him. Uh, Barsha, kind of same thing, kind of a quiet night. No drama or nothing. Just, uh, just uh, I wouldn't say road back there, right, because you actually got to ride and try and, you know, all of that. But um, not not much came from Justin Barsha, uh, but good in six. Seventh, great for uh, Justin Cooper. In my opinion, that is a great first debut on the uh, 
on the Monster Energy Yamaha Star Racing Team, and it seems like he's going to do four or five in a row with Tampa this weekend and Oakland and that sort of thing. And now with Ferrandis uh, out, so I would expect him maybe even to be at Oakland too, So um, and more. So um, great, fantastic. And he got Roxton there at the end. Uh, so it shows that he's got the strength and he's got the uh, speed uh, to be up there. And seventh on his first uh, first try at it, that's that's pretty solid, Heavy D. Oh, absolutely, man. It's, it, it just goes to it's just that hard work, you know. You, you got to go after it when you can, you know. When when you see it, you just got to go after it. Yeah, and actually speaking on uh, AMA Arena Cross, uh, I got to see Justin Cooper every single weekend that I did a, that I did the Amsoil Arena Cross, so that I could go to Las Vegas at the end of the year in May. Uh, I got to see Justin Cooper whipping everybody in the 85, 125, and 65 classes when I when I saw him every single weekend, and I was best friends with his cousin at the time, and I actually still talk, you know talk to his cousin Brett all the time, and I was like, dude, this kid's got something. So, I just I just thought of something. It, it may sound crazy that it just dawned on me, but if Ferrandez is hurt, that means he's going to get more rounds in the race. Well, Ferrandez just got knocked out, and he's got to go through like the pro, uh, the co- concussion protocol and all of that. But with Romano being out now, do they have a little bit more budget to put in uh, so that Cooper can ride the rest? And I think that if he puts in another seventh or even comes out with like a fifth this weekend in Tampa, then you almost have to. Like, I, why not? Yeah, I mean, I... I honestly, I think he can do better. I really do. I think that was just for him uh, a little jittery and warming up to see how he felt. I honestly think he can do better. I mean, he started 13th and moved up to 7th. And, I mean, he had to pass Ken Roxon, Joey Savacci, Adam Cincerello, Christian Craig, Dean Wilson. Um, yeah, he had to pass all of those guys. So, um, no, phen- phenomenal uh, ride by... Uh, Justin Cooper on his uh, debut on the 450 Monster Energy Yamaha Star Racing Team and uh, switching gears over to the Suzuki Ken Roxon, yeah, just wasn't uh, yeah, in his opinion unacceptable, I wouldn't expect him to be back here in this 8th place, but at the same time, they're they're still working through the motorcycle, they're still working out parts and that sort of thing, kind of like what we were talking about with Luke, right, like uh, some of the teams will and won't let you choose on what you can uh, do and what parts you can choose and all of that good stuff, but HEP or the Progressive X Star Suzuki HEP Motorsports long title name uh, rider Ken Roxon Kickstart Kenny Kickstart my heart. That's what you know. That that's, that's what he comes out to in his opening ceremonies. Kickstart my heart. Really? Yeah. That's pretty legendary. That's what I said. So it'll be, you know, I'm really excited because, you know, it's, you know, it's cool is I haven't been to a Supercross since they had the Georgia Dome. So I haven't been to a indoor or well, Tampa's out outside. Right. But it's, it's a stadium. So, um, I haven't gotten that stadium atmosphere in a long time. I've been to Atlanta Supercross, uh, the speedway. Um, but you don't really get the same as like a dome or a stadium, so it's going to be good to uh, to see that. And of course, the girlfriend Nicole, she's never been to a Supercross uh, inside of a stadium or a dome, so uh, with all the uh, fireworks and lights and all of that good stuff, so I know she is going to enjoy it. And also, too, on my trip down to Florida, uh, my sister lives down there, so 
I get to spend time with her and also some family that I have down there as well. Um, so it will be actually really good. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else really to talk about in this 450 class other than I feel like if, uh, I mean, you got to think Webb is now 18 points back of, um, or I'm, uh, yeah, 18 back of, uh, no, 13. My math is way off at 10.37 p.m. But anyways, he's got a little bit of a gap to go before he uh, reaches Eli Tomac, and so does Chase. I mean, these guys got to start picking off some wins here and start uh, shifting momentum um, if they want a chance at Eli Tomac here. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. I 100% agree. Definitely. Awesome. Uh, well, if uh, you have nothing else for the uh, for the 450 class, Heavy D? No, nah, they just, I mean, they, they they better get their weight up if they want to mess with the big dog. Yeah, and uh, did you look at the track map that I posted up on Instagram earlier? Oh, yeah, Pampa? Yeah, that long straight. Remember, uh, remember la- or the last time we were there with the long straight uh, sand section? It's going to be good. Oh, dude, it's going to be, it, it's going to get gnarly, that's for sure. Absolutely, and uh, man, we, uh, we're here at the end of a phenomenal episode, number 14 here on the Imperative MX podcast. Spoke, with up, uh, spoke about upcoming events and races surrounding uh, the North Carolina, Virginia, and South Carolina area with regionals coming, or uh, area qualifiers coming up, the Ridge MX this weekend and Dreamville having a race. Also, if you want to support District 13 or any of the series, make sure to reach out to any of the ones that uh, are in charge of those series. Uh, spoke with Noah Stevens about his brand-new ride on that EBR Performance Yamaha team coming in uh, into 2023 and his 2022 season last year, which was very successful. Then switched to another North Carolina native, Luke Neese. Uncle Luke, as, as Heavy D would like to say. Uncle Luke, DJ Uncle Luke Nasty. His Supercross start in Houston this past weekend, privateer privateer status all the way, his 2023 goals. We also had to talk to uh, his father, Jim, of course, and much more from both call-ins this week. Uh, We also got into some AMA Arena Cross from this past weekend in Reno, Nevada, and also some Monster Energy AMA Supercross talk from this past weekend's racing and much more here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 14. Big thanks again to the companies who make this possible. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries, Custom Graphics, Silver Valley MX Park. Heavy D, tell us a little bit about the local national. I forgot about their ad read, and uh, let's get it in real quick. There's the gnarliest track around, and it is the only local national because some of the baddest dudes have been out there as local. And we're trying to get even more badder dudes out there. Like, if you want to know what it's like to race a true outdoor national style track on the East Coast, pull up to the Valley, big fast country, and hey, show up and show out. All it is to say. Absolutely. And that is the only local national in uh, Lexington, North Carolina, Super Valley, MX Park. And thank you for. Uh, they're continuing support. Also, Hydropower may even have to give some uh, give some to Luke Neese about that arm pump that he was saying and uh, let him try it out. So, um, And obviously, 
uh, our brand new sponsor on board, Mika Metals with uh, William, who ended up winning the uh, giveaway for the brand new set of handlebars. So uh, thank you to you all for listening to this week's episode of the Imperative MX podcast. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. We're almost at 500 uh, subscribers, so make sure to click that subscribe uh, channel button. Instagram, we hit 3,000, of course, and uh, you know, growing each and every day. It's awesome to see TikTok, 28K, Facebook, Apple, Spotify. Go check out ImperativeMX.com. Use the codes uh, that are given to you and more uh, when you get the chance coming from ImperativeMX.com and here and us here at ImperativeMX. From myself, Zach Newberry, and co-host Heavy D, we're out. Peace.